welcome to Rem and Sam. Yes, it is actually Rem and Sam. We are back. Return. For a week hiatus, but uh, you know, had to do some stuff. Stuff happened, but uh, we're back. We're I know back it's only Rem. been it's only technically been like one episode missed, but it feels like it's been forever. We're Good back. to see you again. Good to see you too, Rem. No, How's the bay? What's what's going on in the bay this time of year? Oh, you know, no snow. It's not super cold. It's yeah. just we we just did started dipping into the forties, fifties, but now right now it's you know dark, almost six o'clock, and it's still sixty one outside. So is there, is there like a Christmas decorating scene out there? Yeah, I guess this is your first holiday season, but yeah, yeah, people are still just... getting up for Christmas. Yeah. We just had people now in our area start putting up Christmas lights, which is kind of crazy. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, but there is there's one house that I always drive by on the way to work. And mm-hmm. this house, so some people decorate for Halloween. And yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think that's that's not that's not unusual. People decorate, it's it's fine. People do do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But this this one house had decorated for Halloween. They just had like a a guy. Just some kind of like mannequin dummy dressed up guy, but with the hockey mask, you know, like the bloody white hockey mask thing. And he was on like a pole, like up on the ground with like a knife, just like in the yard, like realistic, like nothing going on. It's like, okay, again, it's Halloween. Who cares? It's, it's, it's for the season. Time of year, I guess. But I drove by it again today. It's still up. Well, if you own something like that, you got to show it off as many days as you can. Like, you know, it's yeah. kind of interesting, you know, either you're all the way in on Halloween or all the way out. Like, you know, either it's the devil's holiday or half my garage is filled <laughs> up with Halloween decorations. Like, it's one or the other. I don't really see this rarely. Like, there's some people like, oh, I just like the free candy, but they're either in but or how out. Long, but how long, how long does this guy have to have this thing up before I have to start getting concerned? <laughs> oh, mm. I don't know. I'm like, hey, what is this? Is this notes? even a decoration <laughs> anymore? Hey, you're you're scaring the neighborhood, man. Is it a Jason Jason Voorhees mask? Who? Which one of the guys wears the hockey mask? My is that Michael Myers? Am I dumb? Uh, I think it's Jason Voorhees. Friday the Thirteenth, right? It's not Freddy Krueger, right? Freddy Krueger's the no. Yeah, it's Friday the Thirteenth. I'm exposing myself. Yeah, I'm obviously Jason, not a horror movie guy. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. I only remember because of um. What's it called? The game. I watch a lot of people play the video game. It's pretty popular. Freddy's Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, no, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, the game. Yeah, yeah, with Jason yeah, yeah. Exposing it's myself even more. <laughs> no uh, idea what's going on. All good. All right, we'll save you. All right, hey Wemby, he's looking crazy. Oh, yeah. Let's get into NBA stuff. Um, in terms, and I know you got a little segment. You know, we got the thing with NBA. There's just so many games going on. There's a lot going on, but. We're almost at 10 games, eight or nine games, and trends, Hmm. some early trends are starting to show. Some people really down, some people really up. But, uh, Rem, you know, you've been our Spurs correspondent, and now you have what many would consider the most interesting player in the NBA. So tell us a little about him. You guys are three and five playing right now, playing the (laughs) Thunder Wolves. Do I need to introduce Wendy to the group? Yeah, talk to how how has it been? How's the Wemby experience been so far? Well, I mean, you know, the 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 basketball on the court 
is something that we could definitely get into. But just the experience of having, like you're saying, the most interesting guy, I think that part alone has been awesome because, I mean, with with League Pass now and with all this stuff, like watching out-of-market games is not really an issue. You know, you have access to basically any game you want to. And, you know, it's the internet. You can get access to, again, whatever whatever game you want to. But the Spurs have not been a national TV team. And, you know, uh, somebody like my mom, for example, is not somebody who's following the Spurs on League Pass. And if it, it, she's not going that deep with, you know, it's the national TV games, it's the easy access games. The Spurs just haven't been on national TV for like five to six years. She just hasn't watched this team. So she's watching this team now. She's like, I have no idea what's going on. Who are these guys, this young team? It's it's totally different. But And she's like, well, I haven't watched basketball for the last couple of years. But it's like, no, you really just haven't watched the Spurs. The Spurs have been out of the limelight for like the last half decade plus now. And with Wemby, we're back. I mean, we've already been on the national TV, like, like you're saying, 10 games. And we've already been on like, six, seven times. And we're, we're just, we're just fully back in the spotlight again. It's incredible. Yeah. It's crazy what happens when you get a seven, four, you know, alien from Mars mm. on your team. And, you know, there has been ups and downs, um, averaging 18 and eight, which is crazy for a rookie 18 and a half, but that 38 point game, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now, but that 38 and 10 game, you know, really was, kind of waking up to the league, you know, playing the Suns for the second time at their place and going toe-to-toe with KD. It was kind of funny. There's a couple of posts afterwards talking about, oh, is he, you know, why did they put a small guy on K- on Wemby? And it's like, oh, that's Kevin Durant, <laughs> yeah. a seven-footer. So th- those were hilarious. And, you know, he's fallen off a little bit since then um, against the Knicks. Yeah, you know, three-point about talk- Yeah, it's gone kind of downhill, you know, against the Knicks, talking about how MSG isn't that big. And then goes oh for four from three. But was that the know, first like that was like the first that was the first like Wendy yeah. quote that wasn't w- well received? Yeah, yeah. I like I get it. Like, come on, bro. Like, I don't know. Because yeah. all the happens. Wemby media, all the Wemby media stuff has been pretty good up until this point. Yeah. Like even even the Star Wars stuff. He said he doesn't oh. count the 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 new trilogy as part of the mm-hmm. part of the series. You know. Just the, the OG six. So he's been pretty perfect this whole time. But yeah, the MSG stuff, I mean, that is, that's the mecca yeah. of basketball. It's tough attack in that. Hey, even LeBron couldn't escape without any mishaps. You know, we're still wondering what <laughs> is his favorite Godfather quote. But I do admit that he, he, Wemby does have, you know, he's Wemby really good on camera. <laughs> yeah, Wemby does have some good. He's really good on camera. I was watching a YouTube video he did actually before he started playing, and he went around going to places where they had murals of him, and many of them were made in like San Antonio mm. before he was even drafted. It was like crazy how some people mm. had believed that they were going to bring him that much, but he was really good on camera. You know, man of the people, San Antonio loves him, and he is just fine, just a rookie. But tonight is going to be a tough test against the Timberwolves, who have been looking pretty good this year. I don't know. I mean, we knew they were going to be a good regular season team. Um, but speaking of who's good in the NBA, Rem has a list of players we're going to go through. I might throw in one or two guys at him just to see where our temperature check is. And, you know, this year has been kind of weird, Rem. I mean, you know, we thought, you know, th- we thought some teams would be good. Th- I mean, I thought the Bucks would be a really good team. I thought Giannis would be 
playing at another level. And last night he did, but that isn't translating into wins. The Grizzlies are struggling without Ja Morant, but um, there's some individual players you wanted to take a look at, right? Yeah, we do have a little segment cooked up that we're going to do, but can I throw one thing at you really quickly before we hit it? Just like the most random NBA thing that might mean something, but maybe, maybe it doesn't. So, and like, like you're, like you're saying, we're recording this Friday night. The Timberwolves are playing the Spurs right now. And Wemby, I mean, Wemby's been cooking Gobert since the early days. So the Spurs are beating him right now. It's really, it's really no surprise, but if, you know, if, if we're, we're 10 games now into the start of the season, if we even go back a little bit into last season. So the Nuggets right now to start the season only have one loss. So again, if you go back and look into last season and look into the playoffs, now just over the last several games, like who are the teams to have beaten the Nuggets multiple times? Because again, in the playoffs, they they swept the Lakers. They only lost to the Heat one time. They did lose two games to the Phoenix Suns, Booker and Kevin Durant. And I think we both definitely take that ser- seriously. But they lost that playoff game to the Timberwolves in overtime. And to start the season now this year, the only game that the Nuggets lost is also to the Timberwolves. So now again, over the last whatever stretch of games, the only teams that have beaten the Nuggets multiple times are Phoenix and Anthony Edwards. So again, I don't know. I don't know if it means anything, but you know, the Lakers, they got swept in a playoff series and matched up against match rematched them opening night lost to him. Then they haven't found a way to beat them. Yeah. Edwards it, now has uh, two games off of Jokic. No, I mean, they definitely have the size um, to really disrupt some people on defense, which is crazy how, I mean, they're able to cover up for having cat on the, on the defensive side there. But right now they are third in the West at five and two. And one of the best games this year, one of the best single performances was uh, Anthony Edwards in that overtime against the Celtics, putting up 38, mm. nine and seven and beating, you know, what looks right now to be the best, most talented team top to bottom, pretty much single handedly cat, I think fouled out in like the fourth quarter and he only had seven points on the game so you know you've seen anthony edwards take that next step um the only teams that they the timberwolves have lost to this year have been uh the the, yeah i think they lost to the hawks and then a three-point game against the raptors so you know they've 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 been pretty consistent this year um and i i don't know i mean that we kind of knew they'd be a good regular season team you know it's like oh i gotta go out and play um, the, the Timberwolves, you know, they got a lot of options on offense. Jaden McDaniels is a solid, I think he's, he's been a solid three point shooter this year and they have, and on, on this team, they, they've got a lot of talent. I mean, yeah, Mike Conley, a pretty good veteran, you know, Kyle Anderson is one of the most underrated bench guys in the league. Nas Reed has been a great big for them, um, off the bench. I mean, he's, he's been the last couple of years, been a pretty good veteran on this team. And, um, yeah, I, I really am not, I'm not too surprised. It'll be interesting to see 
how high um, Anthony Edwards, how high his stock can go with uh, with Cat and Gobert taking, you know, taking touches, taking minutes, and or not taking minutes, but taking touches. And, um, you know, when they just run through him, this offense looks really dangerous. I mean, they look, this team does look scary, especially when he is hot. And let's see here. And yeah, if you uh, look at yeah. the McDaniels numbers, he was kind of on that verge of that breakout last year because he was 50% yeah. from the field, 39% from three. But 47. 50, yeah, 55-47 yeah. splits this year. That's crazy. No free throws, though. Come on, man. Mm. Get to the basket. But that's crazy. Yeah, 47%. Yeah, there's been a lot of high three-point shooters this year. It's it's crazy what how high the percentage has been around the league, but McDaniels has definitely been one of them. Zero, th- zero free throw attempts through five games for McDaniels. He's played in five games. Yeah. But the shooting numbers are good, and the de- the defensive numbers again. He's always been a feisty defender, but the defensive ratings plus minuses. It looks like we're have we're on pace for a career year here from McDaniel's. And like you're saying with Edwards, Edwards now. I mean, he's taken all these steps in his growth as a player, but now it's like okay, he's like single handedly now taking down superstars. He's taken down Jokic a couple of times. He's taking down Tatum in this Celtics team. He's just throwing this throwing this team on his back and carrying this carrying these guys and we're kind of seeing it with some of these other young guys like Luca obviously has already kind of ascended to that MVP caliber level but he is like now fully like throw the Mavs on his back mode carry this team into the playoffs Shea and the Thunder are a high level playoff team again this uh Timberwolves team with Anthony Edwards Carl Anthony Towns like the Anthony Edwards led Guys, yeah, just all of these young guys now. Halliburton too, in the East. All of these young guys are kind of ascending to carry their teams now, which is which is good because it's still been kind of some of the older guys too in the league the last couple of years in those you know prime spots. Which I mean, you would expect, but maybe uh, some of the young guys starting to emerge. But is it time for? Is he good? I think it's time. I think it's time for the list. Is he good? Okay. I think, I think the name of the segment kind of explains itself, but I'm going to, I'm going to name a player. I guess, uh, Sam, you're going to name a player too. And we're just going to say, is he good? I, you know, it is, it is like, is he good just in general? Like, is he a good player? But maybe it is too. Like you good, bro. Like Mm -hmm. everything good, you know, everything. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it is just like a, a checkup on these kind of guys. So, I mean, this first guy is the perfect example because you hate to start here. You hate to, uh, you meant you hate to mention a guy like this because this is definitely our guy. I feel like a guy that we were one of the earliest to, uh, be like, Hey, this guy might be kind of interesting and he might be ascending and, and he did ascend, but it's been kind of a rough start to the season. So, Austin Reeves. Oh. Is he good? Is he good? You good, bro? What's going on? Is he good? Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, the on-off numbers with LeBron are crazy. And mm. Austin Reeves is supposed to be kind of the bridge for that. And um, yeah, I mean, just like any any um any player taking the next step, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, now you gotta start being, it's a consistency. It's a consistency mm-hmm. where it's no longer, you know, you can't, you can't, they need something from him and no longer just flashes, but consistent play. Uh, so far this year, 13 and four. Um, and, you know, I haven't, <clears throat> it's definitely been interesting to see how much they already started LeBron, relying on LeBron. I think mm-hmm. he plays like some of the most um most minutes but uh he's I mean this past game, you know, last game he lost to the Miami. I mean, he had 23 10 and 9. So, you know, maybe he's on the uptick a little bit, a three-pointer or 3 of 8 from 3. Um, you know, it's probably his best game by a lot. Um, but for Reeves, they're gonna, yeah, for Reeves. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going to need him to step up more and AD more because LeBron is going to sit out at some point. He can't, he, he can't take this kind of load all year, uh, all year long, all season long. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, he, he, uh, he can't, and, and uh lebron can't i mean he's gonna he's gonna have to sit out at some point so he's gonna have to rest up and ad and and reeves are gonna have to figure out together and you know hopefully hopefully reeves is settling in and starting to find his uh rhythm because he needs to he needs to really take that next step in terms of consistency that was gonna you're right because i mean they they started the season with saying like the plan going into the season was i mean hey lebron now it's not it's not just trying to win a title too. There is a two to three year, four year window here where he's trying to play with his son and trying to, you know, I mean, like, like he's trying to end his career the way he wants to end his career. So, I mean, the move going into the season was he's only going to play 28, 30 minutes a game. We're going to be able to load manage him. We traded for these guys last year sign these guys in free agency. So now we kind of have a group of guys, a rotation we can throw out there and not have to rely. But I mean, more importantly than that, it was we have Davis and we have LeBron. So now we actually, or we have Davis and we have Reeves. So now we actually have three guys, a big three here. If LeBron is going to take a, you know, a step back in the regular season, we have two guys in the regular season that we can throw out there night to night and go up against these teams. Like Reeves was pick and roll ball handling, running the offense for this team. And like I say, the, the shooting numbers are down and he is, you know, the, the box score looked good in this game against the heat. And they're again, they're playing tonight against the Suns when we're recording this. So we're not going to have the numbers from that game by, you know, when this comes out, but the, his shooting numbers were down in that heat game. And the two games before that were okay. So again, it's been up and down, but even bigger than that too, it's the, the creation stuff doesn't seem to have taken a step forward. Like his role in this team in terms of running the offense, I think was something that we thought was going to take a leap and they're relying on LeBron more than than they were last year. Like last year, by the end of the season, they were really running stuff through Reeves and LeBron was playing well. Like go back and look at the numbers in the fourth quarter of that, you know, or just in that last game against the nuggets, like the LeBron numbers from the playoffs are still good. But Reeves, the efficiency, it was fantastic. And they're just, they're, they're relying on LeBron too much where they needed Reeves to take a bigger role to help propel this team in the regular season. 
Yeah, and, and it's just I think they originally um they originally the last year they were went down, they lost they had a couple losses, were down in the in the standings, and then they had to, you know, pretty much resurrect their season and have the run that they did. But and I think this year they made it clear they don't want to go down in the first place. They want to be gas to the metal from the beginning. And that's going to have a cost. That's going to really put a toll on this team. And like you mentioned, Reese had a great Miami game, but the next game against the the Rockets, I mean, they lose by uh, and that Rockets game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. yeah that's the game where the 30. shooting numbers were down. Yeah, and Reeves had went zero for four from three, two of nine from the field. So it's, I mean, it's one of those things where he's as a young player. You know, a, a year ago, this guy was like, you know, didn't know who he was. You know, they, I think they had a, a generated face for him on 2K. And he's had a really quick rise. AI face? Yeah. And he's, he's had a really quick rise in a short time. And Player face six? I mean, we'll have to see if if the consistency can come from him. I, I, you know, I'm a believer in him. I do like how he yeah. is. But, I mean, already now you have AD out. He didn't play this last game against the Rockets. And LeBron is going to sit time and it's going to be another rough season for the Lakers. And I don't know if this year they can make a squeak it into the play in game. We'll have to see because the West has just gotten a lot more competitive. But just the overall Reeves shooting numbers on the season And last year, Reeves was just one of the more efficient shooters in the league. He was 50, basically 53% from the field, 39.8% from three, four free throw attempts a game. This season, 41% from the field, 27 from three, three free throw attempts a game and two and a half turnovers a game as well, too. And, you know, he's a guy that I've been monitoring because he's a guy that we both liked, obviously, and both really followed. But he's also a guy that the Spurs had a chance to go out and get in free agency. And, I mean, he kind of did the interviews and stuff and... I mean, the Spurs have never really said anything, but I mean, Reeves have kind of, has kind of made it known that the Spurs kind of passed on him. Like they didn't offer him the money that he thought that they were going to offer him. And he wants to be in LA too. Like he, the, the whole situation is, I think what he wants the most, but they're just, the Spurs didn't really feel like he was a guy that fit their team. So I've always been, I, and again, he's a guy that we, uh, that we like. So I've always been kind of curious on why, a guy that we like the Spurs would pass on and you can kind of see just the type of players that the Spurs have gravitated, gravitated toward the, toward these two way creation type guys. And some of the defensive stuff this year from Reeves has been really concerning as well too. The shooting is down, but the shooting and the offensive efficiency was also able to make up just from an overall box score standpoint. It was able to make up for some of the weaknesses on defense. And you could see that start to be exposed in FIBA with Anthony Davis not in the back line. And Anthony Davis hasn't been out there for these last couple of games. But just the way teams are attacking him now and really focusing their efforts going after him. And then on the offensive end as well, too, like the shooting stuff is down. But again, the two and a half turnovers, teams are making adjustments on when he drives. They're digging and swiping and just some of the way he was able to sort of get into the lane and the the jump stop, the spin, the pump fakes, and the stuff he was doing just off the dribble drive in the playoffs. Teams are playing that differently now, and they're adjusting to him. 
and the efficiency just hasn't been the same. So he's a guy that I really wanted the Spurs to get, but there is a two-way thing that they kind of they kind of seem to be gravitating toward. And Reeves, I mean, if Davis is not on that team, like is that two-way thing necess- that two-way thing doesn't really exist for Reeves. And the Spurs have Wimbenyama, yes, but it seems like they're going for a bigger picture thing. So I agree with you. Like I'm not out on Austin Reeves by any means, but this is definitely the, the the teams are definitely reacting to him being good. And they're definitely kind of singling him out on defense and they've adjusted to the way he's played on offense. So now, you know, he's getting treated like a good player. Teams are respecting him. The defenses have adjusted. And I mean, his shooting numbers have obviously taken a dip. His efficiency is down. His defensive, he was still a plus defensive player last year because of, and you know, he was still good. Again, Davis is there, but that offensive efficiency really helps that stuff. Like Jokic is a perfect example of that. This year, defensive box plus minus almost negative two points a game. He's minus 1.7. So Reeves, I still wouldn't give up hope on, but with the other guys too, is there is there a chance that just like I mean is there a chance that just some of these guys got hot last year? Yeah, I mean there is everything kind of came together in the right way. There's always that Jordan Poole factor where you have a run in the playoffs and it could get hot. But like you mentioned with Reeves, now he's getting that defensive attention and mm-hmm. now he's also but he's still also getting the responsibility for running this offense. And so that's where he to get on the court, like you mentioned, he had to, you know, bust his butt to get on defense. He had to really work hard on defense to earn those minutes because, I mean, he he has said it like, well, there's definitely a good number of his guy, guys on his team, you know, veteran team that weren't playing good defense. And so now that he has to put some more of the uh, focus on offense, he has to learn how to actually take the reins for this offense. And he's being actually relied on to make plays and no longer just be an additive thing. Then he, you know, has to take a little bit of, less attention on on defense and you know he has now responsibilities and so that's probably you know why he's not hustling as much on defense it's just what happens you know it's just human nature you know now he's earned the spot he's respected so you know like we've always said the defense is mostly effort and and now that he's getting the minutes that he wants now and never but then you know with great power comes great responsibility and so now he has the now yeah. now now the defense is guarding him. It's now now they're actually paying attention to him. You know, when LeBron LeBron is starting to defer to him, you see LeBron, LeBron is a lot more off ball. Um, and it's a regular season. He's not going to be having the ball most of the time. And AD is not much of a, you know, ball dribble. He doesn't take the ball. So it's mostly Reeves who is bringing the ball up in these situations. And so that's why you would have your best guard on ball defender on him and no longer on LeBron or AD or even uh, Russell. So it's, it's not surprising that his numbers have dipped. And, you know, if, if, if the team, if a team has good perimeter defense, he's going to have a rough night and it's just, it's just what it is. And he's, I mean, so far from what we've seen, he, he has shown to be a solid player, but I don't know if I've really seen like superstar potential. There's been good moments. Mm. There's been good spots you know, where it's, it's shown to be, you know, really good elite role player um, ceiling. But I think right now what they're looking from him is to be at least an all-star. And that jump can be one of the hardest jumps um, in an in NBA player's career. Do you think he's got that in him? I was going to ask if you, 
what do you think the ceiling is? Because all NBA is yeah. like top 15 guy in the league, especially at a guard that's pretty deep. I mean, the guard pool is even deep if you're trying to make it just for the all-star team. But I mean, does he have, do you think he's got, do you see Austin Reeves on an all-star team at some point? Would you be shocked? Not right now. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but right now I don't see him up there. I could see him in like two or three years once LeBron leaves and AD starts to taper off and then he's kind of the guy. And so then he like, and then he continues to grow. You know, I I could see him eventually become an all-star, but as long as LeBron's on the team, like LeBron is just going to keep carrying this team. And it's just, it's just wild. Like, I mean, oldest player in the league carrying, you know, one of the two biggest franchises in the league. Um, And it's, it's just crazy to see every night, but yeah, I think, I think for Reeves, He's just he's just adjusting to the new defense. You know, teams are actually watching film on him. They're actually you know, like circling the guy on the board. So now he's actually being treated like a guy, and uh, you know, it's what he's it's what he's going to have to adjust to, and we'll have to see if he can. Like you were saying with the LeBron on off numbers as well, too. Their just dependency on LeBron seems to be. De- I mean, it's definitely higher than it was last year. LeBron yeah. is playing fantastic to start the season, so it's not like. It's, you know, it's not as obviously it's LeBron, but he is playing maybe even a smidge better than he, he was last year. He's been yeah. really, really good. In the, scoring, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Been amazing. But just, just to kind of gauge the Austin Reeves value, where, just kind of, kind of gauge where he's at right now. Again, I'm not, we're not out on Austin Reeves. I, I like Austin no, Reeves. I still not. think he's a good player. I would still want to keep him around, but just a quick little trade machine just to see, you know, where he's at, just, 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 just to get a feel. We're just putting some feelers out to see what the Lakers would do to start the season. So just a a quick round of who says no. The first one, if the Lakers called the Hawks and said Reeves for DeJounte Murray, I mean, you might have to throw another contract or two in there to make that totally work, but Reeves for Murray, what sports guy? I don't know. I, if I'm the Hawks, I'm, I'm probably saying no. I mean, you just need that little bit of extra defense next to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a little bit of yeah. It's probably it's probably keeping the defense with Murray that I'd keep him in. I don't know. Murray has had some offensive explosions, and I haven't seen one from Reeves yet. Reeves and Prince for Murray and Wesley Matthews. Prince to sweeten the deal. Uh, I still, I still think the Hawks are saying no. Watch sport guy though. Maybe LeBron yeah. wants to get a bring Dejounte Murray in. Uh, I don't know how desperate either of these teams would be to make a move. Again, like you're saying, the Reeves piece with the defense. But if it's Reeves and Vanderbilt to the Magic for. Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, and Chuma Okiki. Jalen Suggs, former top five guy. Top five pick. You have to really be in on Jalen Suggs. It was Jalen Suggs. Who was Cole Anthony? Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Oh, that yeah. Gary Harris Harris has been shot out of a cannon this year. He's like 50% from three. Bring in some yeah, shooting. I don't know. I guess it, yeah. I, he's a little. They're both a little undersized though. Hmm. Lakers like size. Yeah, they've been a big team lately. 
Lakers like size. Yeah. Flip that out. And I don't know if the the, the Lakers are that, that that desperate yet either. This is the yeah. this is the last one. I think this is an interesting one. This one is Reeves, Hachimura, and Vincent mm. to the Nets for Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney Smith. That's a lot from the uh from the Lakers for Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney. For Cam? Yeah, giving giving them Reeves and Hachimura. And Hachimura. He's That's still in lot. an and Hachimura territory, huh? Yeah, Hachimura's decent. Like, you know. Okay. He's definitely there better a lot than of Dorian se- Finney Smith. Is there a lot of separation between those guys? Who? Hachimura and Dorian Finney Smith? Rui, yeah. I think there's something. I mean, Hachimura is at least a lot younger, not really that. You know, there's potential for him to be a solid rotation bench piece. What about Cam Johnson versus Reeves straight up for this for this Lakers team? Mm, okay, now you're speaking my language. I don't know. That, that's, I have to that's go back tough. in and see how to make the contracts work there. But just in just for those two guys. Now, now, now we're on to something. I don't the thing, like we're saying with Reeves is I mean, at his peak, like ideally, he's initiating offense. You're running stuff through him. He can actually kind of get his own shot, but play make a little bit too. Cam Johnson's not really going to do that, but you get the shooting, some size, some defense. I mean, like we're saying, LeBron's playing out of his mind. Yeah. Let's see here. Last. Okay, so so far this year, twenty five percent from three. Not great. He's only that was only one game though. Mm-hmm. Um, last it looks like he doesn't. He gets injured a lot. Last yeah. year played twenty six games. Oh, then he got traded, so he played in total uh forty one. Yeah, forty one games. Then he played sixteen games a year before that, and then eleven games. Oh no, that's how many he started. Oh, he played sixty six, sixty, and fifty seven. That's still low, but um, that's that's still in that still qualifies for awards. Yeah, uh, that for that third year would be the only one, but yeah, only one of them. Yeah, only one of them. So, I guess durability would start to come into it. But those three point shooting numbers, nice. I mean, 39, 35, 42, 40, 45, 37. So, you got a good three point shooter and size and defense. So, I mean, if you're, I think you just go all in on LeBron being the ball handler. And then D-Lo for the rest of the time, I guess. The Timberwolves have just taken the lead over the Spurs. Jaden McDaniel mm. just ripped the ball away from Yikes. and dribbled down. They missed the shot, though, so it worked out. The next guy, is he good? Is he good? You good? This guy kind of playing as good as he's, as he's been the last couple of years. Tobias Harris? Oh. Notoriously... Yeah. Been your guy for worst contract in the league for a couple of years there, anyways. Back when, back when his deal was actually near the top for higher, its highest salaries in the league. Now, now you know, high thirties is like a B plus contract in general. But the, the the Sixers team in general, I think, is number one in the East right now. So, Tobias Harris, are you can can you say Tobias Harris is good? 
It's tough. It's tough. This year, he's taken. He's really taken a step. Nineteen and six, sixty percent from the field, thirty-seven from three, eighty-eight from free throw. So almost sixty, forty, fifty, forty. Have you come 90. back around finally? Pause. Um, I don't. I still, I still, I'm, I'm not quite there. You know, thirty-one years old. It's, I don't know. I, I'm still. This year, he's been hot. But let's give it a little bit. I mean, right now his effective field goal rating is 65. You know, almost 10% more than his last year at 57. So I have a feeling he'll come back to earth a little bit. But yeah, he's on fire. He has been he has been cooking. It's it's kind of scary to watch after my whole take. But isn't it the contract year for him, though? I think it is a contract year for him. So that's the sneaky thing that's lingering right now. Because like you said, 19 points a game, 60% from the field, 37% from the three. He's been, the first three were really good. The last couple have uh, been up and down. Then overall, from the field, he's been efficient in the mid-range and around the basket. But like you're saying, he's in a contract year. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a guy that at one point got a big contract because I mean he's obviously a good player, but he's a he's a unique-ish type of player too, where he's just a big forward that can do a lot of things, defends, play makes, scores, shoots. He's a very versatile guy, and he could, if he's playing well, could definitely demand a big figure again. So I'm sure Tobias Harris is used to living a lavish lifestyle these last couple of years. He may not want to, he may not want the cost of living to go down. Do you think that's potentially hanging over this at all? His cost of living? Is it, do you think this is contract? Do you think this is contract year theory? Is, Tobias is Harris? In his play? Is he a con? Is he, is he playing out of his mind? entering a is he like an expiring Uh, contract type we need a term for it i mean most players play better in their contract year that's just i don't i think that's the thing that's in all leagues and um he's playing you know some of his best basketball and the team is as well um winning their last five games um including beating the celtics on wednesday and he he's been consistent this year um he's been He's really, he's really shown, been um, averaging 19.6. I mean, 60% from the field goal, from the field is crazy. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to see it a couple more games, obviously. Got to see it for a season. But, you know, it's, it makes sense. He's, he's trying to, he's trying to get this bag. 31 years old. It's probably the last big contract he's getting. It's probably his last big payday. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's got to go all in. And um, that's what he's doing right now. He's going all in, especially on a team that needs it with James Harden now gone. And Tyrese could definitely use the help as he's the new main guy on this team besides Joel. So Chad GPT suggested the term contract peak performance. Mm. Contract year excellence. Kind of weak from Chad GPT. Chad GPT three. Maybe they're maybe they're weakening. 3.5 like the Apple does to try to get me to upgrade to four right. for the lowest cost of that 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 Celtics win that you mentioned the other night is interesting because now they're still at one loss for the season 
their only loss was in week was the first game of the year. And it was a one point loss to Milwaukee. Literally their only loss is by one point on the season. They've won the rest of their games, beat the Celtics who we, I mean, you know, was arguably the best team in the East headed into the season. Some people thought maybe even the best team in the league. And now just kind of looking at how this team is playing and looking back at last year, who do you think, who do you think had the window in the East last year? Because the, 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 the heat obviously made the run as the eight seed. Jimmy Butler now has had a couple of finals runs. So, you know, playoff wise, we'll see what happens in the year. Maybe it is, maybe just Jimmy Butler runs the East, but Maybe just even specifically between the Bucks and the Sixers too. Between Giannis, who went out early in the first round, between Embiid, who was MVP of the league, went out early in the second round. Which of those teams do you think is going to regret more looking back at last year saying, man, with Miami, we match up against them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows? And then we're in the finals. We get it, Jokic, but just who knows? Who do you think was more missing out on the finals run from last year? I mean, it's probably the Bucks, and that's why they made the still big Milwaukee. change. Yeah, I still think it was Milwaukee. The Celtics definitely were in play as well, uh, but their window is even bigger now. I mean, they brought in Kristaps, Porzingis, and you know, and bring in, brought in Drew Holiday, and only got rid of Smart really, and I guess Robert Williams, but he barely played. So, and now he isn't playing. I mean, poor guy's hurt again. So it's, it's, I mean, the Celtics, they're probably, they're not too worried about their window. Um, It's kind of been open the last five, six years. They keep getting right on the doorstep and it's probably the Bucks, especially with that injury. And that's why they went out and got Dame and it's kind of backfired, but quickly a shout out to the 76ers who are beating the Pistons right now. Um, They just won actually 114, 106 and Tyrese Maxey having his third 10 assist game of the year for third double digit assist game of the year. Uh, I think he finished with 29 and yeah, he finished with 29 and 10 and beat 33 and 16. But yeah, I, I, and, and, but our boy Tobias Harris, that third option uh, with 24, five and two. So we'll see. I mean, if this is a legit, you know, kind of thing, um, you know, the East is not necessarily, I mean, it's definitely weaker than the West. There's definitely teams that should be pretty beatable. It's not all up in the air. And you start looking at the standings with them at number one. You know, if the Bucks, the Bucks are kind of reeling right now. Um, you look at, you know, the Celtics, they're they're still fingers figuring things out, even though they do look like a very I mean, they they look like world beaters, and then now they've lost two games. Um, you know, you have the the Pacers, you know, are you really gonna put them in the championship, I don't know with with the Bucks playing. I mean, with the Bucks playing as bad on defense as they have been, um, you know, is there a team outside of the Celtics that really scares you if you're the 76ers? I mean, the, I guess the Hawks technically, but beyond that, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mobley they do have bad history with the Hawks. Start. Yeah, like the Hawks, you know. But beyond that, like the rest of the East is, you know, there's not much elite talent out there. And that's the thing, looking big picture at the East, like the Celtics, I think we just feel pretty confident about because yeah, overall too, like it's not even just that who's good or whatever, but the Celtics would be able to sustain an injury or something if that were able to happen yeah. just because they have a lot of guys. The Sixers, the Bucks, for example, 
they lose a major piece, they lose a rotation guy or two, it just starts to look a lot bleaker because those rotations are thin. But, I mean, with the way the Sixers are playing right now, the Maxi thing is obviously better than it was last year. So it's hard to say, like, it's not it's not the same player, obviously. He's a step up. But, again, they lost to Milwaukee by one point, and that was the basic, basically the best game that Damian Lillard has played all season. That opening yeah. night game, heat check game. He did t- cook Tyrese Maxey, so there is some defensive questions there. But now they have even a couple of more wing rotation guys after the Harden trade. So this, again, just goes big picture to what we've been talking about with the Sixers. And the more, like, did the Harden trade kind of cost him a title shot last year? Mm. Because this team is clearly better this year without him. And again, the Maxey thing is a step up. So it's it's impossible to say. Does he take that growth last year? Because he's just a young guy, so he should be making these leaps from year to year. But I think Tobias Harris, even last year, some of the, the splits were good. If Harden is just off the team, and they were up, they were winning that series against Boston 3-2, to two, and in game six, they're up 83-81 to 81 with four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. So they could have easily have won that series at home in game six and then just have been in the Eastern Conference Finals again against Miami. And and B did have Game 7. Like, that is out there. Box yeah. scores exist. That that was a real game. But even, even still, just the whole big-picture Harden thing with Maury feels really costly to this team because now it... I mean, now that the burden has been lifted, now that he's gone, I mean, they're clearly, they're clearly better, and they're even maybe arguably the best team in the East now. Yeah, and that's what the standings say right now. And, um, I mean, I could definitely see them winning the Western Conference in the regular season, but in the postseason, mm. I mean, we just got to see Joel stay healthy. And every year he's gotten hurt when they needed him in the playoffs times. And if he can actually stay healthy this year, who knows? I mean, they can make some noise, but they're going to need Joel Embiid to get it done. And the Celtics really have no answer for Embiid. And that was kind of the big thing that yeah. stood out from that last game was Porzingis, you know, he played well, same with Horford, but Embiid just can get wherever he wants to on the court against him, can get whatever looks he wants. But just he hit a fadeaway shot at the end of the game that was like there's just there's nothing you can do. He's he's unstoppable against this Celtics team. And again, big picture in the East, that is the team that we're probably most concerned about looking ahead and they have no yeah. answer for the for the Sixers' best players. So the East is, th- this could be kind of a, kind of an interesting uh, season for the Sixers team. Who knew that this could have actually even worked, like they would actually be closer to winning a title because we thought maybe that's the season after where there's a, a little bit of a reset here and they're able to grow and then maybe next year after using cap space, whatever, now we're competing again. But they might just be right back on track this year and even even better. So if you're looking at this team now going forward, they make the hardened move and they they make the hardened move for pieces to potentially go out and make another move. But do you think it would even be smart to do that at this point with how well they're playing? You got to get something for Harden, you know, but I just, you know, when it, it was just to get rid of him and it's kind of, you know, addition by subtraction. And now that they now they got rid of him, the the team 76ers can finally move on, you know, just get this drama hardened drama over with. And one of the best quotes I've seen out there is 
that, you know, when the favorite day for basketball fans is the first day you have Harden sign on your team and the last day he leaves. Those are two happiest days Mm. because it's just when you get the Harden experience, you start seeing why uh, people want to, you know, why he's so unpopular with fans in terms of his play on the court. And, um, you know, him off the court also has been very disruptive for teams. So, you know, now they have Tyrese taking that next step, someone who can actually has potential to grow. His prime years are ahead of him, not behind him. And, you know, we watch the Clippers and it doesn't matter how many stars they throw out there. They're still losing games just like everyone else. So I don't I I, I think there's no love lost with uh, the with the 76ers when um, trading Harden. And do you think now with Harden gone, is is that an is that enough from this move? Is that enough now that Harden is gone and his team is playing better? Because I mean, they make this move specifically go out and get like ownership push for this move to the Clippers because they just they just figured that this was the best thing to get this guy out of the building. But Maury obviously needs to win each individual move. So the move to the Clippers was let's go get pieces and we can potentially turn these pieces into something else. And I don't, you know, Maury doesn't really think that way with trades, but now they have these pieces, but they're playing so well right now. Do you even think that they need to make another move? They can just keep their pieces. Do you think that that would be the best thing to do? Because I think Maury's going to get antsy to do it. He might, but someone's going to have to actually say yes to him. Like, We'll see. Um, in terms of, you think pieces, keeping this team together is the best best thing? Um, like there's some stars you could probably get rid of, like Rocco. You know, even though he's a 76er, that I mean, you probably trade him. Um, I mean, it looked like DeAnthony Melton started in this game, but he was already on this team. But um, there, you know, there's Marcus Morris. You know, only played six minutes tonight. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Pat Bev, oh my gosh, Pat Bev, uh, I, I think, you know, there's some, at least give them a chance, you know, see what's there before you decide to flip it. Like Jaden Springer, you know, at least give them a couple minutes out there, see what's up. But yeah, I mean, I, I could understand why they would want to trade. It's just who you're getting out there. Who's available on the market with these, for these kind of pieces, you know, I mean, Sure, James Harden was on the market, but at that point, they're just they're just looking for anything to get rid of him. I mean, he wasn't even getting on team planes, and um, you know, it, it got personal. Though there was it was, I mean, you know, Harden was personally attacking the GM. So it's just, yeah, it's just a different level um, for them. And yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think they need to make any moves. I'm very much a pro. Let's see what we have especially when you get young players and it's a long season, you know, they don't have to really disrupt it. I think, but I think this year, you know, maybe trying out the, you know, deep team with a lot of pieces could be a good change. Welcome mm. change for this team that, you know, kind of revolves around one big man. And I, I think I agree with you. And especially if Tobias Harris, if Maury is getting antsy about trading Tobias Harris, again, he's an expiring contract. So they can figure that out at the end of the season. Like just focus on the fact that he's playing really well this year and the pieces that they have again, they're the number one team in the East right now. So I don't know if Maury is antsy looking at that hard and move thinking, 
hey, we need to do something to technically win that. But I mean, that just, again, bringing this team up, letting Maxi go, getting that extra year of growth, that might have been the number one thing for this trade. But Tobias Harris, so you're kind of you're kind of back in a little bit. He is good. He is good. Yeah, He's finally worth the money. Yeah, and Maxi, I've been in on and 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 you know the, tonight he has, you know he really he really stepped up. I mean, in the first quarter and didn't play great, but the second quarter had ten of the Sixers twenty seven points to have the lead in the half in halftime and. You know, he, he he's a guy, I think he's starting to figure out, you know, when to start pushing it, when he needs to really take the reins. And, you know, having 29 and 10 is a great game. And I, I won't, I'm not surprised, wouldn't be surprised to see more from Maxi. And um, if he continues playing well like this and Joel Embiid continues at his normal level, then Harris is just going to get more open shots. That's, that's what's going to happen. And right now he's being ready for the shots. He's playing in his role. And he just he just needs to not mess up. I mean, there, there's just so many times when he's choked. So we'll see if this is the year for you know money. I guess money mo is can motivate. I I I think he played well defensively in the playoffs last year too against Boston. I just think Tatum was hitting shots and playing really well. But yeah. Harris was kind of there for a lot of them. The defensive effort was I thought it was good stuff. So the shooting stuff is up this year. The team is playing really well. But the next guy, is he good? Maybe the most, is controversial the right word? The most controversial guy? The most, everybody has an opinion on this guy right now? Oh. He's in San Antonio, but it's not Wemby. Mm. Jeremy Sohan. Oh, Sohan, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lead the witness. So I'm just I'll just let you I'll just say whatever you want about Sohan. Is he good? You good, bro? Uh, there are some interesting I mean, I think this year there's been flashes of selfishness a little bit from him, you know, just taking the ball and putting up bad shots. Um, you know, I have seen more and more people mention that they probably shouldn't have him as a primary ball handler, but more of a connective um playmaker kind of like what Mobley does for the Cavs um into more of more of you know passing the ball keeping it moving and finding the right pass and you know that so far has been Sohan's greatest talent and it seems like you know he might be pushing more to one-on-one ball and it's not working out great for him that's Vassell's department so just hopefully he figures out his role and sticks with it because he is a fun player to watch. So the role is the biggest thing right now that is could be maybe affecting his performance, or at least I think people's opinion of how he's playing right now, because the basketball internet right now seems to really be pretty torn on Sohan as a player. But again, I think it's kind of, maybe it's kind of being informed by his role because they're using him as the point guard right now. So, I mean, that's kind of what you said, but, is him being, if he was not just the full-on point guard, but a point four, if you need him to, sh- you know, pick and roll, short roll, play make, put him at the top of the key, find the right pass. Like, I I, I do think that Sohan is a good playmaker, a good passer, unself- unselfish guy with good vision. But being being a point guard is just different. 
it's different than being a good playmaker. You have to set guys up, put people in the right spots, run the offense properly. And if 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 you have so Sohan, like you're saying, as a as a playmaking four, and just hey, if 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 there's an opportunity to make the right play, just make it versus hey, set up our entire offense. Like, do you think that would get people back in on Sohan a little bit more? Because I I I think I do understand the experiment. But I mean, do you think the experiment, I guess, too, would ultimately like could it ultimately work? Do you just like him being point guard in general, long term, short term? Is it a good idea? No, I don't think it's a good idea. I do think they have enough ball handlers. Um, I think Vassell is doing a great job. I think Trey Jones, I trust a lot more with the ball in his hands. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with him, he's he, like we mentioned, you pass the ball to him and then he gets somewhere else. So I don't I don't really like him having the ball and dribbling as much. Um, I do also not like some of Vassell's shots. I think you're seeing a little hog ball kind of ball play. Um, and just, just give Wemby the rock. Just give Wemby the rock. I don't. I think this team is starting to get into that habit and starting to learn, but uh, they need a they need to remember a little more that you know you got a seven four behemoth and he's uh he's worth it he's worth throwing up to every single second you get. But for so for Sohan though, I think the thing that uh that Pop is trying to do is and I I I do love like I love Trey Jones I love Trey Jones but. Trey Jones is very similar to Tyus Jones. And that's a great thing. Tyus Jones, a great, you know, third guard you can bring in, can run the second unit. But again, that's Tyus Jones. And maybe that's even starting, you know, starting level point guard to to some degree. But I think with the core that they have right now, like their best five, ideally their best five guys are Wemby, Keldon Johnson, Sohan, Vassell, and Branham. So to have all those guys on the court together, like Sohan running the point with that group, like that, that, I think that's what Pop is just trying to find a way to maximize all of the best guys they have right now because they have collected a bunch of these young players before getting Wemby. Like Wemby is just the latest addition to this core of guys. So it's they're kind of being judged right now because because Wemby is so good, or because Wemby is so like highly hyped, and because people have such high expectations for him, they're kind of being judged as a team with expectations. And if they were being judged like a young team that's developing, like this is this is basically an experiment. This is not a team that's trying to necessarily be competitive and make a playoff push. It's experimenting with their guys, finding out who's good, finding out who can do what. And Pop is saying. Hey, can I throw out all of my best guys together? Can Sohan run the team? We like some of the stuff he does as a playmaker. And and he and he's just trying to see because I think upside for what that could be is long term potentially the highest upside of anything that they have right now. So I can see why Pop is trying to do the experiment. But I mean, Trey Jones, yeah, just in terms of running the team, setting guys up, getting guys in the right spot. I mean, he's clearly a better, you know, quote unquote, quote unquote, point guard. And I think Sohan is definitely not really, you know, a total point guard yet. Good playmaker, not necessarily a point guard. But like like you're saying, like you're saying with Wemby, I think this is this is it is it's interesting for the development of the team. But I think long term, it is good for the development of Wemby. And he is just really 
bought in on the team and the guys around him and everybody's sort of developing and getting better and everybody's sort of taking this ride together. And he's not really forcing himself on these guys in any way. Pause. Like he's like really just, Hey, I'm content with the offense. I'm content with getting my shots and I'm content with running things, how it's supposed to be run. He's not demanding the ball. He's not necessarily calling, you know, like he'll call for it when he's open and stuff, but he's not being fully star player assertive. Like he's letting pop do his thing. He's letting the team do his thing. And Wemby is the highly talented guy, the hype guy, the guy that everybody wants to see. So yeah, we do want Wemby to get the ball, but I think big picture his just commitment to team basketball and the development to the whole thing and in and, and this process has definitely been one of the more encouraging things that I've seen from him as just, you know, a young guy starting the season and just, you know, as, as, as a rookie entering the league, as a rookie who is burdened with being the, the star player of a franchise. And part of that is experimenting with these lineups and Trey Jones may be able to run things more efficiently, but I do see what pop is trying to do here with Sohan. So he's kind of being put in a tough spot right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm still in, I love Sohan as a player. I think Sohan still has a very bright future ahead for this team, but it's, 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 it's experimentation. Is that the right word? Experimentation. It's experimentation right now. It's not necessarily competitiveness. It's, 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 let's see what, what we have. And they're just, you know, they're trying to see what they have now with Sohan at the point. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is the first year that, you know, in a while that you guys can start looking at each other like, oh, we have a guy, we have a superstar. And so you got to, with that fact in mind, you got to think about, you know, how they fit around that superstar and how the superstar likes them because it's all for him or, and in this case, Wemby. So it is interesting to see how your team figures out who to keep around, Wemby, who to, you know, be represent the school and, or not the school, the team. I've been waiting the school to what? And, um, and, um, you know, finding a leader. And Wemby's a leader, but, you know, he, he's a rookie. And so you need someone else who's more outspoken. And Sohan doesn't really seem that type, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I know, I know you're watching every game. So you'll have to let us know how Sohan's growth is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, he's a young guy. I really like some of his stuff, but you know, you gotta, you can't get caught up in too much dribbling. Cause that's the thing. I mean, it might be, he's not a mm-hmm. carry the ball up to the court kind of guy. You need someone to start these possessions and they have the guards for it. And, um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with Sohan because, you know, Scott, you see like players like Scotty Barnes this year playing great. You know, similar, similar kind of player, but, um, and other people, you know, around the league who have been taking the ball up as well. I mean, you see Draymond every now and then, um, but I don't know. Pop, Pop has kind of been giving them freedom to do their own things, so we'll have to see. But even Draymond kind of understands how to get guys ball, like the yeah. ball in the right spot. Pause. Like I, you know, he does understand offense a little bit better. Like. Sohan is like you're saying, he just kind of a put his head down and dribble and just see what opens up yeah. kind of a guy. He's there's a lot of chaos right now. He's playing a little bit too fast, but there are a couple of things that I did want to point out with Wemby right now that 
may make things interesting for a point guard, not just Sohan specifically, but a point guard running this team. Just some things with Wemby growing as a player that once he figures these things out, just it's going to make things easier too for a guy running the offense because this is a part of it when Wemby is out there. For one, he doesn't post up at all. In this, I don't know if this is an offense. I don't know if this is a him thing, if this is a pop thing, but he doesn't post up and they don't really use him in post uppy type places either. He's really hanging out around the, th- the three point line. He's kind of a pick and pop guy at this point. And he definitely does get to the basket. Like he had a monster dunk tonight against the Timberwolves. He does get to the bas- basket. But again, just schematically, it's kind of pick and pop. He'll be at the three-point line, attack out of the three-point line. And when your bigs and your center are not playing around, even the corners and the baseline, like he's just playing above, you know, way up higher on the court than a big normally plays. And the spacing is going to be a little weird. And you have Zach Collins out there. So him not posting up, him losing that spot on the court is something that I don't, again, I don't know if that's pop. I don't know if that's Wemby's development. And rebounding as well, too, for this team has been an issue. They're 28th in rebounding. The Wemby numbers from the Wemby rebounding numbers are fine. So that's not really a Wemby thing specifically. But as a team right now, they are 28th overall in rebounding. That goes offensive and defensively. They give up too many second chances and they don't get any second chances themselves. And defensively, Wemby right now as a pick and roll defender. I mean, the Wemby defensive stats are great because again, the yeah. length and the size, like it's impossible yeah. to shoot over him. But pick and roll defense right now, he's still kind of reacting and not really anticipating. So he's still, he's kind of running on like 0.75 speed right now. It's just a little bit slow. People are still able to get to the rim, get looks around him. Still people. He's not like taking teams out of their offense yet. He's still a guy that can disrupt shots, but he doesn't, you know, know what other teams are doing, know where to necessarily be at the right spot on the right court, the right spot on the court all the time. So again, 10 games in, these are things that are going to be fixed with time, but they are things right now that with having him out there on the court, I do think make things a little bit interesting for, a point guard out there trying to run a team. And I mean, the thing at the end of the day is that your team's really young, you know, and so hands. Are we still, the youngest in the league right now? Own. Um, maybe. Um, in NBA, but yeah, you could, I mean, a lot of these guys, you're not, there's no expectations to be winning right now. And it looks like the OKC uh, or is it? Oh, you are. Okay. Oh, San Antonio is. Yeah. Average 23 years, yeah. Um, Close. 23 and a half, yeah. Uh, but months. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, Wemby, the tallest player tied with Boban. Oh. Wow, this there's an 18-year-old rostered in uh oh, let me guess. I know who it is. I know who it is. Uh, is um what team is he on? Grizzlies. An 18-year-old on the Grizzlies. Oh, I know exactly who it is. But for the listener, the for the listeners that don't know who it is, I know we were just talking about Wemby not posting up. And as we said that, 
they're playing the T-Wolves right now. The T-Wolves are pulling away, but he did just hit a post fadeaway over town. So again, the growth with Wemby, these are things that will come with time. And as he develops, and that's the thing that we said before the season too, was this is just, this is going to be a different team in October, November than it is going to be in January, February, because Wemby's going to grow and develop. The guys around him are going to grow and develop, you know, at some point, like depending on where this so handy experiment goes, at some point there's going to be a change because Pop's going to need to move things around at some, you know, yeah. they're going to still, they're going to want to maximize. They're still going to want to play good basketball at some point. So, and they're going to want to develop Sohan properly and they're still going to want to find the right role for Sohan to play. If, even if it's not him being the point guard on this team. So it's going to be a different team. It's going to grow and it's going to develop. And it looks like uh, the Timberwolves might be in a, a bump in the road tonight, unfortunately. I'll try to tell you, man, the Thunder Pups. The 15-point game. Been good this year. You can't sleep on them. I think I saw a stat, though. Jeremy Sohan, um, ratio, assist to turnover ratio. He had like 1.9, but almost doubled in assists. So passing is still growing. For the listeners at home, the youngest player in the league, Gigi Jackson the second. Gigi Jackson, that's who it was. Turns 19 on December 17th. Second is Derek Whitehead. And third is mm. Bilal Kulabali. Welcome to the league 2004, Kulabali. babies. I should have guessed um, two. I guess you should have guessed two about 2004? Yeah. yeah 2004. These are kids. Kids. Little kids. But Upper I got steppers. one about who is good. Are we sure that... Dame Lillard on the Bucks oh. is good. Let 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 you know. Obviously, I I mean this is you know me coming at my own take that you know the Bucks would just go to this upper level and just go above and mm-hmm. beyond everyone. And you know then they have last night they play in the Pacers and Giannis has fifty four, but the Bucks still find a way to lose. Their coach is getting tossed out the game. You know, Brooke Lopez has two points and one rebound in 29 minutes. And, you know, Dame wasn't playing that game. So, you know, there's a little bit of that. But I I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a little wild. It's been they've been it's I, I guess they still have a winning record. It's not like it's totally off the cliff, but something that has been really bad has been the Bucks defense this year. And let me see if I can pull up the exact stat, but I think they've went from fourth to 24th in the league or something like that. There's been some crazy mm. defensive rankings. Yeah. I think so they were top far. five last year. Yeah. And something that, you know, looking at the age stats, the oldest team in the league is the bucks. And like we said, the veterans, it, it's just a thing, you know, we're not trying to come at the old guys, but the veterans just don't want to play defense. It's, it's, it's not, you mm. know, this is not a world changing take. And when you have an older team, that you know, kind of like the Bucks have been the last couple of years, um, then they're gonna they're gonna run into these problems. But Ram, how worried should we be about the Bucks? I don't know. I mean, is it is it is it is it Dame? I mean, is does Dame need to change something? Um, is it is it something serious that needs to happen here? Well, Dame needs to become a Drew Holiday level defender. Okay between now and the playoffs. So if only they had a way to have a Drew Holiday level defender. Oh, wait, they traded that guy. So I think I think some people kind of overestimated this 
team as a defensive team. It, obviously, the team was very good at defense, and having Lopez protecting the rim as part of that was valuable. But this team had Giannis and Drew Holiday, and, Gian- and Drew Holiday would just take one of the guards out for any like if if it's not Steph, like Drew Holiday is just gonna shut down the other team's guard. And Giannis is maybe the best defensive player in the league. So now Lopez is your third best defender. He's got Holiday controlling guys on the perimeter. Giannis helping him out in the paint. He's roaming free to protect the rim. It just becomes a lot easier for the rest of the guys to play defense on this team when the perimeter is shut down the way Holiday did it. And even in that game one against the against the Sixers, like Maxi had his points in that game. Maxi had a big game. Maxi went right at Dame. Wasn't there a play where Maxi just like crossed him up, stepped back, three right in his face at one point? Yeah. Like Maxi yeah. still, Maxi still was getting him. So the 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 Lillard shooting thing, you know, the shooting numbers haven't even been good. Like even including that that first game, he's still only twenty nine percent from three, forty percent from the field on the season so far. Seven games played. The thing that's really carrying his scoring right now is his free throws. He's 10 free throw attempts a game and 90, you know, 93% from the free throw line. He's still Dame Lillard. He's still, he's still a shooter. So yeah, he's still Dame. I, yeah. And I, I imagine that that comes, I, I imagine that'll bounce back out at some, at some point and he'll, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be a hot streak there, but the identity of this team is different. The identity of this team is no longer defense. Giannis wrecking stuff. Drew holiday being a veteran guy constantly making the right play. So, you know, we're going to like, we need to see that Dame hot streak to kind of see what this team can fully be because it, it is, it's not going to be a defensive team. Like you said, the defensive rating is low, a veteran on this team. And Lillard, just over his career, he's not been a defensive guy. I can imagine he's going to try and I imagine he's going to compete, but there is still going to be more of a weakness there than there was with Holiday. I mean, that's not even a hot take. And I think the Lillard numbers would suggests that it's even more of a gap than just that, even though he did have a block in the win against the Knicks in uh, the fifth game of the season, doing something there. But the, but the team is, the team is not different. The team is just different now. So if Dame, if Dame is not shooting well in the offensive stuff is Middleton. I know Middleton had one good game in there earlier in the year, but I know Middleton has not been necessarily the same and he's not playing necessarily the minutes as well too but can this like can this team win if it's not identical like win the title not just obviously it's going to win the regular season but can this team win the title if it's not hanging its hat on defense the way it did you know last year in the last couple of seasons built around Giannis and Holiday you can they'll be fine if they play average defense but the problem is it's not so much mm. that they're getting beat. Um, it's the way they're getting beat. And, you know, usually I'll just say that their advanced stats look bad. It, it, it's really bad when they look because they're just not getting back on defense. They allow the second most um, fast break points. And when you look at um, when you look at them on the fast break, about the average team um, fast breaks on about 30% of their live ball defensive rebounds, Bucks opponents, it's been 43%. That's almost half of their defensive rebounds they're getting out, and the, the team isn't playing defense on them uh, in the Bucs. Um, opponents have made 48 
12.6% of their transition threes against Milwaukee. Um, you know, that the league average is about 38. So that's 10% more. Um, they're dead last um, in uh, percent and allowing 75% efficiency at the rim in the half court. So they're, they're, they're getting cooked in the half court as well. So it, it's just, it's not so much how bad it is. It's just, it's horrible. And, you know, it, it you can be an average defense with an elite offense, like I mentioned already, and making the league, they're four and two, or they're right now five and three. So about, you know, still in pace to be about over 50 wins. And, you know, it's just looking at some of these alarming stats when you start looking at, um, you know, some of their, their defensive end. I think there's also, there was one about, how they yeah they lead the league with only 23 percent of opponent 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 attempts coming within four feet of the basket but once they're able to get there they have the they're dead last in uh accuracy allowed on these shots so they're they're having the most of those shots being made on them so it is just right now it looks like they're not getting back on defense and um you know and there's still some respect around the league for the trees that they have on this team but it seems like those trees are getting felled right now. And, you know, when you look at this last loss, I mean, Brooke Lopez having only two points is wild when you consider he's the franchise leading scorer for the uh, Nets. You know, in 29 minutes, having only one rebound for a guy as big as, as Lopez is just unacceptable. And Giannis literally has to carry this team on his back. And without, I mean, yes, they didn't have Dame in that game. So, you know, we can give him a little grace, but... You know, there's it's just some alarming, alarming um, characteristics from this team where, you know, it's you you count out, you know, maybe Dame and the best bench option is kind of Marjan. I mean, I mean, but but camp like I'm just saying it, it's it, it, you know, it sounds like I'm totally going to 180 here, but, you know, and we'll have to give it more time. Um, I think I think the defense will eventually even out, but I am worried about uh, Brooke Lopez's regression this year. He's just totally given up on shooting twos. He's less than two field goal, less than two two point field goal attempts per game. If that makes sense, he's been at four the last year, three the basically last four years before that. So he's basically shooting all threes this season, and he's. 35% from three, his lowest in Milwaukee the last couple of seasons as well, too. And we may we may have to pause and call the police real quick because we uh -oh. may have to put out a missing report for Chris Middleton. Somebody find this guy. 11 I mean, points a game this year. Game. Yeah, he's had, he's had some performances. He's been in and out with injury, too, but... Again, just not having Middleton, like I don't want to count him a write-off, but either he's hurt or he's playing hurt, so his performance is diminished, or if he's kind of healthy, he's on a minutes restriction because they're kind of trying to get him back. Like the Middleton thing is like a half a player at this point. So kind of like you're saying, if we're talking about what is the big thing right now, like what is the big turn that could happen on this team that could really help it? Yeah, I mean, Dame shooting, you know, a normal percentage would be nice. But Bochamp kind of starting to come into his own and play some more minutes. Like, he's at 16 minutes a game right now, but he's shooting 40-some 40, 40 percent from three. 40, 
He's basically the best three-point shooter on this team. Well, I guess Crowder, Cameron Payne, but third? Five second-round picks, Crowder. (laughs) Jay Crowder, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But third on this team in three-point percentage right now for Bochamp is pretty impressive and still like a a somewhat small sample size, but almost three attempts per game. So maybe Bochamp more minutes. Like, is Bochamp a potential final five guy for this team? Is Bochamp going to be playing in the fourth quarter in the playoffs? He is looking like it. And, you know, I do want to talk a little bit a minute on Chris Middleton because he has been someone that I kind of been ringing the alarm bells, people. And, you know, let's take a look. Let's do a big picture view on Chris Middleton ever since that 2021 championship run. He extended, hyperextended his knee 21 games into that next year, tore his tendon in his left wrist three months later, and then um, also had two games into the playoffs for that year. Um, he had an MCL sprain in his left uh, on his left knee. And then during the off season, he had a surgery on that left wrist. So then his recovery spilled into last season. He missed the first 20 games and then he had soreness in his right knee and seven games. So that's, that's the other knee, you know, they had MCL in the left knee season. And now he has soreness in his right knee, seven games, into this, and seven games into playing again sat out another six weeks and then nurse the surgery till the summer. Um, after getting knocked out in the first round against the heat, then he had a cleanup surgery on that right knee. So now he, he's had both knees under the, under the, under the knife. Then the rehab for that started into this season and he's on a minutes restriction. He's been, like you mentioned, he's been, it's been rough. I think averaging 11, three, three, and 31 percent from the free from three-point line but looking at his stats you can just see the regression that just happens with older players it's just what happens you you can't consider a chris milton i think an all-star anymore 2021 he had 20 points um played 68 out of 72 games um he had 20.65 um 33 minutes 2022 he played 66 of 82 games had played 25 and five or averaged 25 and five 32 minutes then last year he played 33 out of 82 games averaged 15 four and four 24 minutes and this year you know minutes restriction it's only been five he's played five out of seven games and it's been 9.8 four three it averaging 18.6 minutes and it's just you know i i just like like we mentioned, the defense has been absolutely atrocious. I mean, they've been, you know, they've ranked five, fifth from the bottom. You know, we're talking again about them. But, you know, 117 points per 100 possessions, meaningful possessions, according to cleaning the glass, getting regularly cooked by guards and wings. And it's rough. I mean, Middleton, you know, they're plus 22 with him, negative 38 without him. But... You know, I still, I'm still, I, I, you know, I could see it's, it's been rough. It's gone downhill with Middleton. And I think uh, maybe, you know, maybe the try Bo Camp can take some of his minutes. Who knows? But they just need to get back on defense. And for a first year head coach, it's going to be interesting that, you know, this is where you start seeing the difference between the coaches who've been in the league for a while, you know, who, who, um, you know, and yes, maybe they needed to move on from Bud, 
But at the same time, you know, when you have a championship team, this is why you have a championship level coach or a veteran coach. It is not the time to bring in a new coach um, because they, they, they know how to handle these situations. These are years that, you know, it, the high, utmost for a franchise. These are years that, you know, really depend on, you know, when you have an all-time player like Giannis, you want someone who you know has a proven record. And it's going to really, this is where it's starting to really bite him for bringing in Griffin. I mean, he may be a great guy, but you need a veteran guy in this, in, in this coaching position. And, you know, it's the, the clock is ticking with Giannis. He has told you on, you brought in Dame. We know Dame was brought in, but you know, that doesn't mean Giannis can't leave. I mean, I think he pushes, I mean, he has his extension, but you know, he can but still. The Dame piece though the is trade. even bigger than just, they went out and got a star for Giannis. the organization recommit to winning. He wanted to see three, two, one. He wanted to see the organization recommit to winning. So by making a move, you know, they kind of proved that they did that, but they also went, they also went out and got the guy that like he was closest with most wanted buddy, buddy with the guy he picked first in the all-star game. So mm. is he kind of like double committed over his own to now over his guy drew, which LeBron Takes one to no one, calls it out in the moment. <laughs> Takes one to he know. says, he says, I've seen this move before. I know what's up. Wait you a know, minute. Because this guy, he goes, he's changed. He's recruiting. So is he kind of locked into Milwaukee now? Like he can't leave after that. I, I don't think I'd put a cap on anything that can happen in the league. I mean, literally anything can happen with how it's pretty much a wild west with uh free agency and trades and stuff and you know i mean i think i think Giannis will stick around he'll give it a chance uh considering that they did bring in dame and I, you know these could all be preliminary you know these are a little bit of overreactions i mean they haven't even played 10 games they mm-hmm. just started the season so who knows i mean the, there could be more but i want that i don't think it is an overreaction i don't know i i yeah well let's get let's get one of your guys let's get one of your guys well, one more, one more guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get one more, you guys, before I get into one team I do want to talk about. Okay, I do have one more. Is he good? That I want to throw at you. All right. I don't think we've talked about this guy at all, but he's kind of become a basketball star lately. Definitely this year. Cooper Flag mm. just committed to Duke. Is he good? Have you watched? Have you have you watched any Cooper Flag at all? Has he come across your I algorithm? I have. I have watched Cooper Flag. He does look very good, and look, I I am very excited to see how how he is. You know, at a college level, and you know, he's definitely he's definitely one of those like, you know, Zion kind of guys, or you know, not not nearly as you know as crazy as that. But you know, you're keeping an eye. You're like, what's you know. So you you give it a couple of years and who knows what happens, but yeah, we're we're keeping an eye on it. You know, Monteverde has had some very good has cranked out some very good players in the future, and you know, six eight, he's looking he's looking good. But yeah, Duke, shout out Duke. Wish he went and to Kansas. Though. Was Kansas in the mix? I don't think so. I know. I think Iowa was sneaky in the mix. Oh. Duke, there was an Duke actually lost today. Yikes. They might need him sooner than they thought. Oh, can he double reclassify? <laughs> Just skip Can classes. he take summer Just classes? Done. Yeah. Double them. 
Oh, Caleb Love is on Arizona. Yeah, that makes sense. He's on Arizona right. now. Yeah, that's right. Because he, yeah, he was going to go to Michigan. Yeah, that was the most. Uh, well, we won't get into that because it was unfortunate. Anyway, but I, I yeah. wish Caleb Love all the best. Takes a lot to get in, but uh, the Cooper flag thing. He so he reclassified. He was originally in the 2025 class. Reclassified yeah. is the number one player in the 2024 class right now on uh 24/7 Sports. And I think they have him as a, they have, so they have like their player rating, you know, metric mm-hmm. numbers, whatever they use. He's got a 100 overall rating right now. Jeez. And he's, he's the only guy in the class. Now they're, they, they used to actually just like hand out hundred overall ratings, like all the time. Like you go back and look through the classes. Like it's like four or five guys, six guys, even in each class with a hundred plus rating. There's only been three guys in the, 24-7 sports database with more than 100 rating. Can you guess who those guys are quickly? It's like the last... LeBron? Years. Zion? No, it's like the last 12 years. Zion was actually a 99. He wasn't even a 100. Mm. I think Wemby? RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett and Nasir Little were the two 100s from that class. And yeah, Wemby, international guy. Oh, so those aren't the ones? Um... Last couple of years. Super, Tatum? I think super hype. Bolt. High school guy. Oh, Tatum, high Bolt, school. you're close. You're close Porter? with those guys. You're really close. Yeah. Porter. Who is the um, other pick in that draft? But the third, the third guy in there. Or... Who is the third guy uh, in the mix? Ben Simmons. Is that him? Was that the Lonzo Ball draft? Oh, Lonzo. Oh, what? He was above 100. Get out of town. Lonzo was a 101. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. They need need to get off a ball his life, man. Like, come on. (laughs) Above 100? Come on. Over Zion? That's wild. That's a wild. I can't. Come on. Well, get this. Get this. Lonzo. Lonzo wasn't even the highest overall guy in his class. What? Remember Josh Jackson? Josh Jackson was a one. Don't remind me, Josh Jackson. That one hurt. <laughs> I really thought that team was going to win it all. The that Kansas team. Can we look oh, up the Josh we... Jackson Kansas run? Man, we need to. The we highest... need to talk to these two forty-seven recruiters. I don't know. These scouts are <laughs> above. Like imagine above Zion. Lonzo above Zion is wild. Yeah, I remember Josh Jackson. I remember he had like one one um, March Madness game. Where he went off, yeah, like one game now. Now he's twelve rookie of the year. Might be in jail now. Oh, with our guy Rashid. Yeah, he's had some. Oh, he's getting some sexual, some lawsuit. Hmm. Ten points, ten points, three of eight from the field in a loss to Oregon that ended the run. No, but yeah, was, he, had the, a, he had a big game in the tournament. That was a, let's see. Yeah, round two. So that was in the Elite Eight, I believe, if I'm looking at this right. But round two versus Michigan State, he was nine of 16 from the field, 23 points. And then 15 and 12 the next game. 10 points, 12, 12 rebounds in that game. Really, really only 10 points. 10, 12, and 5. But the highest overall rated prospect in the sports 
in the 24 seven, uh, little, I think it was from like 2011 to I'm now. Disappointed. Josh Jackson. The I'm only other guy with the 101 rating is Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel also a 101. Those three guys. What a class. I'm just, dis- I'm disappointed, but what, wait, what were we even talking about? Oh yeah. Cooper, Cooper flag. flag. Yeah. How is he 16 year old and going to be in the 2024 draft class? Like, can we talk I about no that? Idea. Do you, don't you I have to be at least though. 18? Like, I guess he'll be uh, 18 I don't... by the time it will be because he has a birthday in December. So. I don't yeah. know if there's, is there an age limit? I know it's, yeah. you have to be one year out of high school. But yeah, what happens if what happens if there's like a genius who's also good at basketball? Yeah, I think you, I think you have to be 18. Like, what if somebody was? What if one of those like Harvard guy, like genius protege type guys, just what if they just like crushed through high school by like age 15? But if it was also, what if Zion had just oh. graduated high school at 15? Could he have gotten drafted? So all drafted players must be at least 19 years old during the calendar year of the draft. Oh. Yeah. Should we? That's what the league, that's what they're saying right now. Yeah, you have to at least be 19 years old. I, I knew there was an age limit. Don't send this to Gigi Jackson. How is Gigi Jackson in the league? Well, it's in the calendar year. He'll be in December. He'll be. Oh, he'll be that's eight, close. 19, yeah. Well, he'll turn close. 18, though. He'll turn 18, so I don't know how that works. Wait, Gigi Jackson's 17? I think so. Let's get 18 on that. Let's double check, because that would make sense if he's 18 this year and then turns 19, like, December. Yeah, he's 18, so it's turning 19, yeah. That's what I thought. So, yeah, December 17. Calendar. Yeah, it's within the calendar year, yeah. That's how he makes when, it, yeah. it's in December. Sheesh, December 17th. And would have been drafted in the earlier this fall. Yeah. But he would have been 17 playing in college last year. Yeah. Yeah. But some of the some of the comps that I've seen floated out there for Cooper Flag, I don't know if he's reminded you of anybody, but the the really, really hype stuff right now, the thumbnail comp for him is Larry Bird, which is the the, the clickbait comp. He's faster than Larry Bird, though. Oh. I think he's more agile than Larry Bird. It's just science. Like, it's one of those things with science. Like, you know, I mean, players are just getting, athletes are just getting better. And you watch him. He's, I think he's, you know, I think he's a better athlete than Larry Bird. Oh, that's going to be on the Boston blogs tomorrow. (laughs) I don't know. Do you think I'm right? Like, is it wrong? Would Cooper flag beat Larry Bird in a foot race? I think I think so. Does Cooper Flag smoke a pack a day? That's the question. Exactly. That's what that's the point. Like, you know, someone takes care of their body and someone, you know, doesn't, you know. Do you think do you think Larry Bird prefers having played in that era? Mm-hmm. Do you well, think he, probably he not with the paychecks? Ooh, if he could get the modern paychecks. Mm-hmm. Do you think those guys if the so if the paychecks were the same in any era? Would the guys rather have just played the era where you just smoke a pack and drink at halftime? I don't know. Wait, if they what? Wait, wait, ask that question one more time. So if the money was the same across all like all eras, was yeah. the era where the guys were just partying and 
doing yeah. doing wild stuff. Is that just would all the guys go back in time to that one? I'm not saying the cocaine. I'm not saying the cocaine days. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Rem said bring back the cocaine. <laughs> no, I didn't say. Rem didn't he, he said, don't put that on the Boston Vlogs. He said bring back the. No, don't. Boston Vlogs. Don't put. Don't. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't say bring back the cocaine days, but the Newport days? The Bush Light days? I don't know what was bigger in the league, but. Bro, these Bush. Cooper flag highlights are crazy, though. He's nasty NBA. too. I like it. I do like Cooper Flag. See, one of the number one things you look, I like to see from a player is are they nasty? Okay. Poor Cam Ooh, Reddish. Listen up, kids. Cam Reddish is not nasty. That's why he missed oh, okay. that three in the corner to have the Lakers lose. And he's been on like how many teams? You know, you got to be, mm. you got to back it up though. You know, we can't be Pat Bev nasty where you're like just talking smack and you don't know what you're doing. You know, when you're, when you got that edge to you, you know, I think I think if Tatum had more of an edge, I don't know. I don't know. Would Ooh. he be a better? Would he be better? Would they would they have a ring now? Next week we're doing guys that need an edge draft. <laughs> you know, not who knows? Not it's been something wrong. NFL draft. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, Jokic didn't. You know, Jokic, I mean, Jokic has an edge to him. Jokic yeah, has yeah, an edge. We, we, we know, we've seen him, you know, get hits on in the back, take him out. Jokic is pushy in the back. Exactly. He doesn't care. Don't turn around around Jokic. <laughs> so even Jokic, he may act like he doesn't care about his job, but he'll run up on you, man. He doesn't care. Yeah, Giannis is feisty. Yeah. NBA championship. NBA champions are got an edge to him. Anthony Davis got edge. I'm stepping on the bit already. I'm stepping on the bit. Yep. Stepping on the draft. Do you have that, anybody that Coop, do you have anybody that Cooper Flag reminds you of? I mean, I haven't seen his shooting, but mm. his length is kind of scary for how agile he is. You know, if he if he has a shooting, you know, I don't know. Does he kind of remind me of Tatum? I mean, the way he attacks the basket. You know, and kind of that I, I liked his agility, like kind of the hips, you know, that agility just when you're tall, but you're not like gangly and stuff that mm -hmm. that that kind of coordination. And, you know, Tatum is still a little bit stiff, but Cooper flag. Is he a better Jason Tatum? I don't oh. you know if he could actually <laughs> shoot. I don't you know. So he is Larry Bird. I mean, maybe. Maybe I I think he he's definitely the prototype basketball that you player you want. I mean six eight, you know when you look at two hundred pounds, he's a big guy, you know, and he's sixteen years old. You know he puts a little muscle on, and you know I don't know about his shooting. I have to see the stats from that. But when you look at the highlights, things like that, I mean this is kind of the player you want. And like I always say, pedigree matters. And he's at Monteverde Academy. He's playing at Duke. You know he's 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 on the path for greatness. So we'll have to see if it pans out. You know, other players have obviously gone that path and flopped out. But you know, to be able to be a far and away good players, you know, you will have NBA players coming watching your games. You know, Chris Paul saying, you know, he's legit. He does it every game. And you know, Chris Paul mm. is a guy. You know, you got to earn his respect. He's not. He's not. You know, he's mm. not just dabbing up everyone. So is he nasty? Cooper, oh yeah, yeah, Chris Paul, yeah, Chris Paul, guy. yeah, he's, he's he, poor, poor. I'm still surprised <laughs> he hasn't. I don't know, so we'll see, we'll, we'll see. But right now, I am very much in on Cooper Flag, and I don't know, he might be the best guy in the next three drafts. Who knows? I haven't, mm. done, I haven't done research, but you would know better, Ram. But 
you know, is there a guy in the next three, four drafts you'd rather have over Cooper Flag right now? I don't know from what you've seen. What are Scott well, saying? I do, I do like, I do like the, uh, I do like the two guys in the G League that went to the G League team this past year, Holland and uh, Matas Matiz. Bez, oh, okay, Matiz Bez, 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 I sorry, something. Bez, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Holland and tell us how to pronounce your pronounce your last name i do like those two guys i do also like the number two guy from this 2024 class as well dylan harper i do think he's a very good very good player and unfortunate for him that he got bumped in that number one spot but if you're boston would you do would you would you trade jalen brown for the draft rights to cooper flag yeah i don't know i I definitely think about it i don't know I mean, Jalen Brown, I don't know, man. Now you're tempting me. Jalen Brown was all NBA last year. Was he second me, team? He can't dribble left. <laughs> I don't know. Why dribble one. left? Hey, look, man. Somebody set I mean, the, the cones for these guys. The, the number of blocks I'm seeing where he's done help side defense, I mean, he just – Yeah. I don't – it's kind of crazy, you know. You, you know, everyone can shoot threes. Everyone can, you know – I mean, the league is this good. Everyone, you know, when you're mm-hmm. this good of a player, everyone can do that. But the the length he has and the timing to get all those these, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I, you know, like I said, it's all all we're watching is reels right now. You know, I need to see him against real competition. I mean, Duke will be a great place to see what's really there. You know, there'll be other good prospects around him. But you know, gun to my head. Who knows? I, I it's he looks very interesting. I, I'm real. I'm all in on Cooper Flag. I've, I've been in. Imagine, on him. imagine Cooper Flag in the Jeremy Sohan role. Not 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 replacing Sohan. Sohan moves to a different spot on the court. Oh, time to tank. Rest, is it time to? Is it time for this bird to already? <laughs> tank for Cooper Flag. So how many? So we get Cooper Flag and how many first round picks for Wemby? Oh my gosh. You're trading Wemby already. He hasn't even played half a season. <laughs> Holy cow. What's going on? No, All right, we're moving on to the next one. I, I got a, are they good for a team and not mm. for a specific player? What's going on with the Memphis Grizzlies? Because oh, they're literally worst in the, in the, in the conference right now. And, you know, there's a little bit of, of um you know flashes last year and last couple of years that they were kind of good without you know John Morant and yeah. they knew they weren't gonna have John Morant um coming in and um I don't I don't know I mean they lose to the Jazz tonight they're one and eight literally oh, bottom of the yeah <laughs> yeah they're in they're in the bottom of uh competitive West and there's some math, you know, some people are doing some math and, you know, if they continue losing, I mean, if they go what five and 15 and now you have to go what 30 and 17 to make the playoffs, you know, can you really do that in this competitive a West? I don't know. Are the Grizzlies, is there a legitimate chance the Grizzlies do not make the playoffs? Oh, I think for now, I mean, they're, they're, are they the worst record in the league? How many wins I do the Wizards so. have right now? Yeah, no, they are. The Pistons are at two and seven. Are the yeah, they're the worst. I guess technically the worst percentage is the Pistons at two and seven. Yeah, everyone else. So you know, I'd have to go back and look exactly to see what that Lakers start was from last year. You know, see where the rebounds happens. But I mean, the really the thing that's going to turn this team around is 
John Morant coming back. Pause. But John Morant's going to be out for 25 games. So he's yeah. not going to be back anytime soon. I mean, either time. way, oh, either way, I mean, if it's 20, they're still only halfway through. Yeah. So that they're on pace to be, you know, two and two and 18 by the time that, by the time that, by the time they get there. So if, you know, if, if they're going to be in that spot with jaw that, you know, it's going to be impossible to try to turn this around. So if this keeps up, like what is the path going forward now with John Morant for the rest of the season? Is this going to be a panic time? Is this, and what's, what does the smart contract look like as well too? Because I mean, I guess we can't panic too much without jaw, but like we, Eh. but like you were, but like you were saying, with without Jaw, there was still good infrastructure, and now without him, like where is that infrastructure? Where are the and wins it, that were they were supposed to have? You know, they were supposed to be this regular season team. Well, and like even without Jaw, like they they have to be average. Like they can't you can't be just straight up bad where you lose every single game. Like their one win I think was against the Trailblazers, which that's a whole nother thing for a whole yeah. nother scenario. You know, skew right now. Can't figure out how to play his game, which I think he will eventually. He'll get more comfortable in the league, um, and I think they'll pan out. But, I mean, to be this bad, looking at the box score, I saw Jerry Jackson Jr. got ejected in the third quarter, and, you know, now with him out, you know, it's Desmond Bain on his own. He goes out as 37, uh, 8, and 4. But, you know, for 8 and anyway, eight and 4, yeah. and for But, you know, at least we know now, for anyone who had a question about can Bain carry his own team, no, he can't. He can't. Um, Gilliard is there. The numbers there are others? good from Bain, though, so I don't no, want it to seem like we're bashing Bain. Yeah, he's been good, yeah, but but he's not I mean, like superstar, is what we're saying. Like, I mean, know. clearly there's some. Yeah, clearly they're losing yeah. games. Yeah, they're losing games, poor guys. And um, I don't. It, it's just crazy because it's like. You know, Gilly, I guess Jay Gilliard is their other starting guard that they're having. Bismarck Biombo starting games for them. You know, Marcus Mars is still trying to figure out what's going on there. But, you know, it's just, it's it, it's tough. The other team, you know, Markkanen has 26, Clarkson has 26. Um, and, you know, we could talk all day about Morant, you know, and all that. But even if they have Morant, it's going to take a lot to try to come back and win without him. So, um or win with him so it's just and then you know they just get frustrated then that's why um uh what's his face jaron jackson got ejected because it looks like he was arguing a no call um and so you know you can see the frustration starting to build up and i don't i'm I'm worried i'm ringing the alarm bells heavy for the grizzlies because you you can go on a slide, which you know everyone can give you, but this bad for this long is is definitely worrying. I mean, this is I mean this is for a team that <laughs> said they're fine in the West last year and you know can't even win a game right now. Yeah, I mean, let's just take let's take John ja Morant out of the equation and let's just go superstar X, any superstar first team All NBA guy, guy that can be a number one guy. If you're ever in a situation where you take that guy off the team and you're the worst team in the league, I mean, we we even saw that with the Lakers with LeBron. Like Le, Le, LeBron what, had that season when he first got there where he was missing time and they were losing games. And he's like, I'm just shutting this down for the rest of the season. Like, I'm not even coming back. And then, like, we have to go get Davis. We have to go do some stuff. So, and, you know, they had younger guys there. There was reasons for that. 
the Davis move, you know, I mean, it did work. They did win the title, but you know, for any superstar, if this, if their supporting cast is playing like they're the worst in the league, that's just, that's a problem because the Lakers, you know, missed the playoffs this, that year. They missed the playoffs a couple seasons ago with, with Anthony Davis and with LeBron, with them having to miss time, you know, the team. And we were saying this going into the season, it was going to be kind of hard to predict, predict who the bad teams were going to be because the league just has a lot of talent. So again, this Grizzlies team, I still think is talented, but clearly this collection of guys now without John Moran is just not the right collection of guys. The record shows it. And Bain is a lead guy in offense, you know, can produce stats, but Marcus smart is the point guard too. Like, are we just undervaluing Tyus Jones? Maybe. I mean, it's Tyus not like you Jones, know, he's, pro- he's always no. I've loved Tyus. It's not Jones. like he. It's not like he's propelled the Wizards, but you know, <laughs> he was a he yeah. was a big part of the non Morant minutes. No, he was, and Smart. It's been rough. I mean, at the guard position, um, it's been it's been yikes, and it looks like with Smart, they're ten points worse offensively and defensively with him on the floor. Um, you know, his three point shooting has definitely gone downhill turning 30 years old. And I don't, I mean, I guess they're expecting him to be, you know, kind of replacing that John Morant production. Uh, but yeah, their guard, their guard position has been kind of lacking without John Morant. And, you know, it's just, <clears throat> they gotta, they got, they, I don't know. It, it's just, like looking at looking at this team, there isn't really anything super glaring. Like I haven't seen in terms of their defense. I might look up their defensive and offensive ratings right now, but it's. I just, guess they're bad. Yeah, but but there it's not just you know you, you can we can keep throwing it you know underneath sweeping it underneath the rug until Mister Morant comes back, but. I mean, you can't, you can't just, they can't accept to be, expect to be this bad and then suddenly flip a switch because they get, you know, one player who is really good, but one player back. I mean, like you're saying, worst record in the league. So, I mean, it's obvious, but they would, you know, they would have the number one pick. I'm assuming they win the lottery. Well, they would, they would. Number one chance, yeah. Yeah, number one chance at the number one pick. And the teams, the teams that are also in that range right now, you got the Pistons at two, Wizards at three, the Jazz at four, the Spurs at five. Can we get Cooper Flag in the 2023 draft? We're getting close. The Bulls at six, Pelicans at seven. Is that via the Lakers? Hmm. Is that via the Davis trade? So you've got the Lakers at seven, the Blazers at eight. See, the, the Blazers might make a push. You know, who knows what the Jazz end up doing, but. And they're still probably like a you know a bottom seven team like you're saying, yeah. Because because they would the thing is they would have to they would have to start rebounding from this now right yeah like this is no, the time you'd have to. have to do it. And without Jaw, I just don't see how they're able to get back on track. Yeah, their offensive rating right now is 104, worst in the league. So it's definitely their offense. Net rating is one of the sixth worst in the league. And, you know, shout out to uh, the San Antonio Spurs having the highest assist percentage in the league at 67. Go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, from what we can see, it definitely seems to be their offense. Um, 
you know, it's which kind of makes sense. I mean, they lose their main main guy. They replace him with Marcus Smart, who has shown to be really shaky on offense. And, you know, Desmond Bain has been good this year, um, you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, he's kind of taking all the shots because they don't have anyone else on this team to take those shots. And, um, yeah, I don't it's it's, uh, you know, he's playing he's playing well, but. You know, when you're struggling to beat the Trailblazers, it is not not great. Let's see, does he doesn't Desmond Bain? No nickname Bain is what they should call him. Um, averaging no twenty five five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he like yeah. So Desmond Bain averaging twenty five and five this year, forty five percent from field, thirty three eighty seven. Like that's just average, you know. And they kind of don't. They kind of need superstar stuff from him right now, and he's not showing it. So. So what is the separation in your mind between Desmond Bain and Zach Levine right now? Just as players. I definitely have Zach Levine higher, I'd say. Oh, really? I, I'd rather have, yeah. It, on see, like maybe, a resume ranking been... or a, like a you would personally rather have these guys? Probably resume ranking. Let's see here. I don't know. It looks like this year he's been tough, though. I, haven't, I, haven't, I guess he does I, have a I'm dunk contest. Down. I've heard they've been trying to trade him as soon as possible, though. In Zach Levine, I guess he's taking a step back. So, you know, I don't I know. Think... It is close. It is close. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe Desmond Bain. I mean, when you talk about age, man, I'd rather have Desmond Bain. He's, um, yeah, he's three years younger. Yes, this is the last year that. on his rookie contract, and then he gets. He gets paid, but still less than what Levine will be getting. But it just like trendy vibes wise, he was the kind of guy that I feel like you would have mm. just had rather have had on your team, just as you know, if you're generic picking a team. But impact wise, I mean, you know, like this is 25 points a game. They're not getting a ton of wins. Yeah. I still I still like Bain, but I I think Bain would be like a great and still a great second or third option, but yeah. Again, as the lead guy on a team. Yeah, this is nothing against Bain. And yeah, now looking at it, it probably would have Bain over Levine. Um, but you know, it, it's it's just it, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's just showing the quality that is in the West. I mean, the West has so loaded in terms of superstars from top to bottom. I mean, every night is a tough game, and the Grizzlies are a living example of that. I mean, someone's got to take these L's, and it's not the Spurs anymore. Spurs are, well, we're top five worst team right now, record-wise in the league. So, taking quite a few of them. I did also want to say that, uh, so Tankathon has the two G League guys, like we were saying, Matisse yeah. and uh, Ron Holland is the one and two picks. Justin Edwards at third right now, Kentucky forward. Mm. Isaiah Collier, USC point guard. Obviously, you know, Bronny was the, the big-name recruit, Bronny. but Collier was the... The number number one guard in the class, anyways, and was definitely their most high profile guy. So I do like him. I mean, it's hard top four. Like it's gonna be hard to move up from that point. Like he could move up like one spot. I do like those two G League guys, but I do like Collier as of right now. Shut up. I do. I do also like. So they've got Jacoby Jacoby Walter from Baylor at eleven right now, and maybe we could see him rise. The thing is, though, he's just like a kind of a score first combo guard so one of those guys maybe positional value is not 
there with him, but I do. He, he I mean, he gets buckets, so yeah. I do like him. But they've got Bronny right now, nineteen to the Heat. Mm. The return for LeBron back to Miami. Would he? Re, would he? Would he go back to Pat Riley oh if Bronny was there? Did you see them asking, like, do you need? What did he need to go to Miami to learn stuff? And then he was like, nah. And then Stephen A was like, are you out of your mind? Oh. I saw, I did see that on first take. Yeah, yeah I did right. see that. Um, that was yeah, actually one of the know. better debates they had. Yeah. That is true. That is true. That is an actually original question. But um, who knows? I don't I don't know. LeBron can move up or down. I, you know, and once draft time comes around, that's when I'll really dive in. But is Bronny... Is is playing with Bronny important enough to LeBron for him to just look past his relationship with Pat Riley or Dan Gilbert for that matter too? If Cleveland somehow was able to get Bronny, I mean, they could those pull, teams even just avoid uh, Eli Manning and say they're not going to sign him. Yeah, you just go. Is it would those teams too just be like, well, we know, like we're not going to even yeah deal with that. Pat yeah. Riley would be the one guy that's like, yeah, we don't need LeBron. Yeah, we're good. Heat culture. We'll See how old out. he is? Would he be the one guy to take Bronny and not sign LeBron? Just be like, no, you can't sign here. Sorry. Maybe. Screw him over? Just to screw him over. Is him. that how Does Dan that Gilbert match? screws over LeBron? You think Bronny just doesn't show up to work at that point? He just, mm. he just gets fired. First NBA player fired. Fired? I mean, <laughs> if Ben Simmons can do it, him. Bronny can't do it. He just has to wear cool clothes on the sideline, and then he'll be okay. Then he can Crazy get away glasses. with it. As Crazy long as he's pulling up for the fit cam, yeah, mix in some glasses every now and then. <laughs> he can do it. He'll be fine. All right. Did you have more for the is he good, or are you ready to move to football? I got some fiery takes for football, so. Are we ready we for the pick draft? Yeah. I, already, I didn't know if you had more on the list of is he good or. Are we allowed to take a quick break before we do picks? Oh, let's take, yeah, let's take a quick break. Okay, we'll be right back. All right, moving on. Yes, we are back. Time to move on over into NFL in the middle. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to sponsor the break, it's open. It's available. Slide in the DMs. Can you believe we're pretty much halfway through the season? It's uh the double digit weeks start this week, week yeah, ten. Yeah, we're 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 pretty much halfway through the season. So we have a pretty good sample size. We know kind of who's who, who's where, and there, you know, it's kind of felt like there's not a lot of surprises. You know, we've kind of gotten used to who is, you know, who who are the good teams who to watch out for. But there has been one team. One team that's kind of gone under the radar, tied for the second most wins in the league, um, you know, tied for the most in their conference. You know, the Eagles are kind of an outlier. And it's kind of been the Ravens. I, are the Ravens, you know, hot take here, you know, call me down if I'm wrong, Ryan. Are the Ravens, have the Ravens had the best season out of any team this year? And... Ra- oh, what? Well, the Ravens have... Probably, I mean, they probably have had the best resume to start the season, right? Because they have wins against the Lions, wins against the Seahawks, 
two pretty pretty close losses. I guess the Eagles have the best record in the league, right? They're yeah. eight and one. They're on bye this week. So technically, I guess you could say that they have the best resume. But, but look at the they, teams they're I, playing, though. They beat beat the Dolphins, beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, beat they Sam beat Howell them. twice. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. I mean, that was a, <laughs> you know, if, if uh, Dak doesn't step out of bounds, you know, that's a three-point win over the, the Cowboys, you know, and then you start looking, you know, Sam Howell did almost beat them the last time they played them. Both times they played, Sam Howell's almost beat them. to take He takes them to overtime, and then it's a touchdown game. You know, the Jets Honestly, with you, though, I don't think you can count that against him. I yeah, Sam no, Howell might no. be decent. Yeah, you know, he's good. He's good. I'm just saying, it's close games against Sam Howell. Um, you know, they're, they're, they had a, I think people kind of forget they had a five point only win over the Pats. you know, the, the Vikings the year. took them close, you know, the, yeah. the one in set, what, how many was it? Oh, and, oh, and four or oh, three Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they've had very easy teams to play against and mostly, you know, it's been close games. On the other hand, the Ravens, yes, they've had two losses. One of them was pretty bad against the uh, no, not your team, even though that was a bad loss against the Steelers. That was an abysmal game, but you know your your team as well, the Colts. But it wasn't overtime. But when you look at their wins, you know they they hold the Texans to under ten points, who we know now is good. You know that was week one though, but that's tough. They hold you know a decently Bengals team. They beat Bengals. They beat the Browns. They hold them to under ten points. You know, beat the Titans, hold the Lions to under 10 points, beat the Cardinals, and hold the Seahawks to under 10 points. That, Rem, mm. for people counting at home, that's three, what we think, playoff teams that they're holding to under 10 points, you know, with an average score of about six points. That's crazy. I mean, when you have that wild of offensive side and two of those games that they held them to under 10 points scored 37 or more points in those games. They've been a high-scoring offense on the other side. Lamar finally has some options. And in this past game, you know, Romo's commentating. He's talking about how Jackson is staying more in the pocket. You can see him. He he looks a lot more calmer. He looks like he's more confident in his reads, in his plays. And Mm -hmm. are we finally seeing Lamar pushing himself into this upper echelon with the other quarterbacks? You know, may not having the great stats, but doing what it takes to win, you know, kind of like Mahomes this year where, you know, it's, it's, it's not obviously going to be his best statistical year, but just doing whatever it takes to win. Well, I think there's definitely some eye test stuff, some on the field stuff that is better with the Ravens this year, obviously. But I mean, the something being successful with Lamar, you know, it's Lamar being Lamar being the quarterback of, the quote-unquote best team in the league, AFC team with the best record. Like, that really is not surprising because I think when Lamar is starting, he has the highest winning percentage of any starting quarterback. So Lamar does win in the regular season. Ultimately, you know, this is going to boil down to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I mean, the playoff numbers for the most part haven't been that great. I think he's only ever won one playoff game, two playoff games. I think think they, I guess... Did they beat the Chargers one year? Like in a wild card game, maybe? Uh, I don't think so. And then but... beat the Titans? Maybe they lost that Chargers game. I think you might be right. Yeah. I'm, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, what they only beat there, the but, Titans uh... one time. But 
going through their franchise history, I don't believe there's ever been a season here where they finished the season number one in points per game defensively. And, you know, they've con- they've pretty consistently been near the top, obviously. Uh, I guess there's that, that obviously, well, there's that season here at the beginning where, uh, where they won the Super Bowl, but uh, at least in recent history, they've been near the top, but now they've kind of, like you're saying, there's a different level of completeness to this Eagle or this Ravens defense. And I think that has kind of been the separating thing from at least the two defenses, right? Because I think the defensive line for the Eagles is better. And the defensive line for the Eagles is so dominant that it is, it puts pressure, it puts offenses in a tough spot. It wins them games, but the Ravens defense, I mean, statistically is definitely playing way better and they've got playmakers that are playing at high level in all sec and like all the levels of the defense. They have defensive line guys. They have a really solid rotation that they can throw out there. Dafe Owe is back healthy. I think, uh, is David Ajobo getting some run, but Owe is been playing fantastic. They've been getting some clowny minutes. Mata, Mata, De- Matabuki, Mata, Mata did I say mm. that right? The the defensive tackle, he was dominant in that Seahawks game. He was fantastic, uh, number 92. Shout out. And, you know, Roquan Smith is a linebacker, Kyle Hamilton in, in the secondary. So the defense is definitely more complete for the Ravens. Now, offensively, you know, you have Hurts versus Lamar. And you kind of have A.J. Brown, too, as a separating factor between uh you know the skill guys AJ Brown might just be straight up the best player between the between those two teams uh between those two teams offenses so you know resume wise i think it's close but i think for the AFC right now like confidence wise i do think this team is definitely a contender but confidence wise like personally i would still have the chiefs over them with mahomes mm-hmm. with the way the defense is playing right now and with the way the Bengals have been playing lately, and they're going to match up not this week, but they match up Thursday night. So by the next time we record, they'll have played a game. Like, do you, who are you more confident in right now? The Ravens or the Bengals? And even the I, Ravens or the Bills? You know, I don't know if you want to give yeah. us a whole a whole power no. poll, but, like, where are they kind of at? I mean, I think the Ravens, I think it's different when you mean, like, when you're, like, who are you more confident in terms of the playoffs? Because we've seen Allen do it. We've seen Burrow do it. We've seen Mahomes do it. But in terms of the regular season, who's having the best regular season and who's so far had the best season by far? I think it's been the Ravens. I think it's definitely okay, been yeah, the Ravens. You know, I think in a, in a one game, you know, in the playoffs, we'll see if it if it translates to that. But when you look at this team, like you mentioned, the defense has really been stepping out. They're number one in the league in terms of number of sacks. Um, shout out to the Chiefs at number two. Uh, let me see. I had it up here. Let's see. Sacks. Yeah, they're at 35. Chiefs are tied with the Chargers at 31 over the Eagles. <laughs> Got them. And then Lamar himself has been playing great, uh, leading the league in completion percentage right now at 71.5. Yeah. And then um, he's averaging uh, the second most yards he's had per game in his career, uh, 217. Um, he's also, and last year he was at 62%. A completion percentage so you can see that jump of almost nine over nine percent in a year 
Uh, he is, he's at uh, almost 2000 yards. He's at 1954 last year. He only threw for 2,242. So, hmm. you know, he could pass already last year's total. If he definitely plays the whole year and, you know, he's definitely, he's, he, you can see him, uh, really taking, really taking another step um, in terms of like his percentage interception percentage. He's halved it in a year he's 2.1 this year he's at 1.2 and now you you see this improvement from the defense you see the improvement from the quarterback and now they're finding these pieces on and running back i mean you have uh keaton mitchell 138 yards a touchdown he shows up out of nowhere odell scores his first touchdown since the super bowl uh two years ago when he played Mm. and it's the second time in three weeks that Baltimore has route has beaten be badly beaten a uh, first place team in their division when they housed the of uh, the Lions and now housing the the Seahawks and you know these are good teams I mean this is not you know the Seahawks I of course gave you know I was calling Geno uh, Smith a bust you know I was going down but he I mean he's had a solid season and they beat him badly and you look yeah. at you know again like we mentioned with the running backs Gus Edwards as well had two touchdowns and. You know, it's it's uh like you meant, and you know, but maybe it's just NFC teams for Lamar. He's eighteen and one as a starter against the NFC. Uh, who, you know, who knows? Oh, get he... this man in the Super Bowl. No, I know. And then on top of that, you know, they have you know what they're calling future Hall of Famer, uh, Justin Tucker as a kicker as well. So you know, and then they have a reliable coach. You know, John Harbaugh, one of the best coaches in the league. So. You know, you combine all that, you have, you know, like you mentioned, Kyle Van Noy, who, you know, didn't sign until late Noy September. Too, but yeah. yeah, five sacks in six games, <laughs> saying yeah. who needs training camp. So it's just stars on both sides of the ball. You know, we didn't even mention Kyle Hamilton. You know, they're, they're wide receivers on this team. It's, it's all over the place. And, you know, I think right now, I think they're making a serious push to you know maybe you know for this best team in terms of talent from top to bottom it could they could definitely make the argument of being the best team in the league when you look at you know the what the really rough wide receiver room for the chiefs i mean it's going to be a problem at some point with the bills they've had some injuries with milano you know josh allen tends to choke and you know whether the Bengals can they i mean they're still worst record they're still worst in their own division at five and three even if it is five and three, can Burrow actually stay healthy? So other teams have serious questions and the Ravens kind of don't, and they're doing it against good teams in, and you know, yes, it's the NFC teams, but it's still good teams. Yeah. Still definitely teams that I think were definitely high on definitely a lot of pieces on those teams like the Seahawks, but Justin Tucker's right now is hall of fame percentage on pro football reference. Mm. Sixth among kickers. Mm, active kickers all time oh oh wow at what so his hall of fame monitor number i guess technically his percentage maybe 54 54.3 okay sixth wow all time that's crazy i mean it's justin tucker i mean you yeah imagine he's i would have just assumed he would have been in the top five but yeah the average right now for kickers is 77 and they only have two kickers actually above hall of fame level morton anderson who did morton anderson win the league mvp at one point one of the kickers did and then yeah. Adam, 
Adam Vinatieri, obviously, as a Hall of Fame level kicker. Oh, that was that was a uh, Mark Mosley. Mark Mosley was the MVP kicker in the uh, strike 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 shortened season mm, in 1982. Yeah. Somebody pull up the ballot for that year and see what happened. Pull it but up. The thing, the thing with the Ravens is, and just like with ranking teams in the for me in the regular season in general is, you know, I, I do have, I, I do have to factor in the playoff stuff because, you know, if I'm not going to ultimately like, or even it, that kind of even goes for the regular season too. But if I'm not going to pick you to beat the team that I'm going to put you, put up, you know, put below you in the ranking. Well, I'm probably just going to have to move that team above you then. So like the chiefs are a perfect example where I'd still just would pick the chiefs to beat any of these AFC teams in a playoff game. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, 95 90% Mahomes but like we've been saying this you know the defense has been fantastic Chris Jones McDuffie's been electric so I mean there's still the, the receiving core is obviously weak but overall it's still a strong team and I'm not going to pick another team to beat them straight up so I would still have the Chiefs you know as the best team in the AFC but resume wise I mean that's where you start the Ravens I think now have an argument at number two the problem yeah. is the Bengals and Burrow are playing fantastic. And like we're saying, Burrow also has playoff history. And that game against the Bills was, I mean, you know, he, he was good yeah. at the beginning, good at the end, but some of the throws he was making that game, he looked like he was really back on track. But, and the Bills are, the Bills are the team that I think has really dropped now that they've, that they've lost the Bengals and not really dropped, but I would have had the Ravens below them even a couple weeks ago. And now I definitely think, the Ravens and the Bengals for me are fighting for second best, second most confident AFC team right now behind Kansas city. Yeah. And in two weeks, we're going to have the Bengals coming into Baltimore. So you'll get your answer questioned, answer yeah. questioned, your question answered <laughs> in a couple of weeks here. And uh, yeah, I mean, the bills have kind of struggled the last couple of weeks, you know, having a one touchdown win, over the bucks in their one and two in the last three weeks you know so it's not it's not been a great time to be a bills fan necessarily they should have an easy stretch before it gets rocky again uh first jet broncos and jets and then eagles and chiefs so um a little bit of an up and down for uh the bills but yeah with the ravens i think it's just you know i think i think people are kind of out on lamar with the whole offseason thing and you know that this mm-hmm. team is really looking i mean now that they have you know odell beckham jr is a is can be a number one wide receiver they have real talent on the outside the running backs i mean they got a whole stable of them you know, it's crazy how many they got back there and that defense is you know they're getting serious pressure and they, we've seen it against stable against a statues in the in the in the pocket like jared goff like Geno Smith, and they they pressure them. I mean, they just keep coming after them, and that's why they have the most sacks in the league. They're they're dangerous. They're all over the place. So I I really am excited for the Ravens. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, this this the rest of the season. Their their division is tough. They're not going to have any easy games coming up. But if they continue to play at this pace, they're you know I don't want to get suckered by this team again. But you know I I I think it's 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 really tough to argue against the the stats. And the wins, we'll, wins talks. We'll get we'll get to the Jags in the picks draft as well too. But I may have the Jags above the Bills. 
at this mm. point. I do yeah. also think we should mention them. I think we should at least mention them, though, as an in-the-mix team or behind Kansas City. And I'm not saying Kansas City is necessarily, like, again, head and shoulders better than all of these teams. Yeah. That is just the team that I am most, like, I'm just clearly the most confident in that team of any yeah. of these AFC AFC teams. That's just, I would go, okay, yeah, I'm picking Mahomes. That's fine. So the teams after that in the mix, I think the Jags are in that in that tier of teams right now. But would you would you trade your receiver? Would you trade your Chiefs receiving core for this Ravens receiving core? Oh, in a heartbeat. It's not even close. Would you really? Yeah, I'm not even close. I, I rewatch receiving Rice, core so bad. Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Justin Ross. I trade all of them for, for Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. <laughs> Forget it. Really? They can keep Odell. I, it's just so bad, man. And it, it's going to become a real issue. It's just crazy how bad this offense would be if it wasn't Mahomes under center. You know, and, and even I've, I've seen people mention that. Like, even no matter what Andrew Reed could like, it's just been such a rough offense. So, I don't, you know, it's, it's uh, we're still 7-2. and two, You know, it's still great. But that defense is definitely what's holding us down. And many people on their team – are mentioning, you know, it's probably the best defense we've had under the Mahomes era. And um they're they're yeah. far and away what's carrying this team, which is great. Um considering what we're what we're you know normally used to. But you know, when when we're, our run game is kind of average and Noah Gray is leading our wide receivers at you know with three receptions and 34 yards. I mean it's <clears throat> it's not not great. Yeah. I I mean it was it was a rough day. I mean Sky Moore to 33 yards. Yeah, Travis Kelsey didn't have a great game. McCall Hardman was supposed to be something, but yeah, I don't I'm so out on our on our on, on our receiving now. Would you do the trade if the tight ends were involved? Of uh, the uh both teams. Wait, what would it be the oh so yeah, yeah. Andrew would be Kelsey, yeah. Andrews for Kelsey huh? and the whole thing. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty comparable. Andrews is really solid. He's a, he, he, he's still, I mean, the last couple of years, I think he's been only second behind Kelsey. So it's a little downgrade, but isn't he younger? Let's yeah. Just... But Kelsey's your guy, right? Yeah. Kelsey's my guy, but it's still football. You gotta, gotta keep it. Pushing and you get him. Isaiah likely too. Exactly. Yeah. Likely. Yeah. He's 28. Yeah. Likely. That's another, where's, what, four years. Where's Fortson at? What happened to Jody Fortson? I don't know, man. Probably got cut. He has to be hurt. He's good. I don't think he got cut. I like him. But would you would you do would you do Rasheed Rice for Alec Pierce? Mm, Right up. I don't know about all that. Uh, Rasheed Rice. He might be Rasheed Rice in a six for Pierce in a seven, or no, the other way around. Yeah, I guess he's. Yeah, I guess he's on the team. You know. I don't know. He's don't probably not. He doesn't look hurt. He doesn't look like he's hurt. <laughs> no cast? No braces? Mm, let's see what ESPN says. I think he's healthy. I think he's just not playing. You're telling me he's just washed? Oh, no, you're right. He's on IR. Oh, okay. Good. Three months ago? Geez. Good. He's We're on back. IR. But good. Yeah. I mean, you know, his last couple games, he had one target in the Super Bowl, didn't play. Or no, yeah, he didn't play. Oh, yeah, and then he didn't play in the conference game, had one target, and, 
you know, last couple games. I mean, he had one he had one catch for six yards in the loss against the Bengals in early December. So let's just say he wasn't <laughs> we weren't running the offense through Fortson. I don't think he was a vital part to the team, but yeah. I think he was a nice piece. But I'll take Rasheed Rice on the Colts if you don't want him. I still I I have I have stock. I yeah, I know. That I wouldn't do that, Dre, but I would definitely take the Ravens wide receivers, but um But Zay Flowers for Rasheed Rice though. Definitely. Is what definitely. it sounds like. Cooking. I mean, you know, cooking. Zay Flowers was a first round pick in this year's draft versus Rice was either a late second or a third. So yeah, something. I mean, the picks value of that trade that trade would be that would make sense. And I think football wise, I think I would still do it, but I do really, really like Rex and the drops are tough. The drops are tough. He needs to figure those out because if he does, you know, and he's good with the ball and he's good when he catches it too. Like after the yards, after the catch has been a a strength for him this year. So Rem, are you, are you ready? I'm okay. Yeah, you're right. No Ravens, Ravens on top, but moving to another AFC team, Rem, are you ready Maybe hand out an apology. Are you ready to admit it? Can you finally agree with me that CJ Stroud is far and away better than Anthony Richardson? Come on, man. It, it, the train, like, it's not even that. How many weeks do we got to see it from him? And why do I bring it up? Because last week, even the week before last, I was ready to have some CJ Stroud talk. I think he, he won another close game um, the week before. And I, I I was like, dang, I can't, I can't get on the pod. I can't, I can't talk about, yeah, it was a close loss. It was like, you know, I was going to come in here and defend him, you know, losing to Bryce Young. I was going to, I was going to defend him, but CJ Stroud, he bounces back from an ugly loss, giving the Panthers their first win. And he comes back to beat the Buccaneers. Let's get into the stats of why it was such a crazy game. Stroud sets an NFL record, rookie record, for 470 passing yards. His 147.8 passer rating was the highest ever by rookie quarterback. And he becomes the sixth player, not one, not two, not any quarter, any quarterback, the sixth player to throw 450 yards and five touchdowns uh Peyton Manning Y.A. Tittle are on that list and he doesn't even have a kicker no kicker they gotta have a running back out there kicking these field and goals. no Justin Reed yeah I, yeah fourth they've already got their fourth win Houston hasn't won more than four games in a season since 2019 he's leading the league leading the league, not leading rookies, leading the league in touchdown-interception ratio. And you saw the bombs he was throwing. He's not dinking and dunking. These are straight bombs, breaking the NFL record for the most pass attempts without an interception to start his career. I mean, what more does he got to do, Rem? You see him on third and nine. Guys are draped all over him. He's making passes. He's running outside. Like, what What? what more does he got to do? What does it tell me, Ryan? What does he gotta do? I'm not gonna say anything. This move is gonna be called the Julius Randall. Sam's made me upset with Anthony Richardson's slander, and I'm gonna check out of the game. I'm gonna go stand in the corner and not shoot threes. 
I'm not going <laughs> to rebound anymore. Thing is, it's not it's not fair to Anthony Richardson because he's not playing right now. So in-season development is a thing. And if Anthony Richardson was playing, what kind of in-season development would he oh, have? okay. Like, he would obviously not do... He would not have the this Stroud performance. But could he have it in a different type of way? I think he could have. I think he could have. I think he could have grown because statistically they were kind of doing the same. Their their statistics were very similar through the early part of their games. And Stroud has better weapons around him too. I think you know Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Tank Dell was phenomenal in this game. He cooked Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis had one of the one of the worst games of his career. So Stroud has pieces around to to help him out. But I mean, I mean, he was fantastic as well too. So the 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 Richardson thing I don't think is fair because he's not been able to have the growth opportunity that Stroud has had. But mm-hmm. I do uh, you know, that's uh that's part of it. And like you were saying earlier, like we are maybe we were talking about that uh before we started recording, but with his injury history now starting to pile up, like how many games? Yeah, one game he finished. Finished one game. This entire year played one in, I game. think three. Had the concussion, which I think they were being cautious with, and then went out for the season with the the shoulder injury, which is unfortunate. But Stroud, I mean, Stroud kind of like if if getting hit is Richardson's thing, the thing maybe maybe the thing that separates him honestly is that factor because that's another thing we were talking about before we started quoting. But just Stroud's ability to avoid pressure, move in the pocket, and he can also throw on the run as well too. It's not just it's not that he can just maybe maybe it's even the other way around now because it feels like everything is just outside of the pocket and Stroud is able to actually step up in the pocket and just kind of slide around and shift around and avoid pressure that way. But he can also get out and throw on the run and we should have known this after seeing the Georgia game, the Ohio State Georgia game in the playoffs where they almost beat Georgia and that Georgia defense is in like literally an historic defense and carried that team to two national championships. And Jalen Carter is already one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And he was just in college last year going against CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud was avoiding pressure, throwing on the run, like creating, like he's still doing, like he's doing all that stuff. It's interpreted into the NFL. And maybe I guess, I guess, you know, if, if that is the one little thing now that Stroud kind of has is the, that pocket awareness, then that is definitely a fair, fair evaluation of him over, over Richardson. But I think in terms of upside anyways, I would still like, that's still my guy. I'm definitely not moved off of Richardson as my guy for, for the Colts. Like, would I go, there's, there's honestly just. At this point, and I, maybe it's just the mystery of Richardson, but there is really only a handful of guys in the league that I would trade Anthony Richardson for at this point. Like, just the potential is enormous. And again, he was doing stuff this year that I think was ahead of where people thought, and that that is definitely a plus. He's going to grow in the gym, and if he was in, if he had, if he was playing a team in Week Nine, like who's to say what kind of big Anthony Richardson game? He would have had. I mean, that game against the Rams was was a good game where he's able that that's the one game where he finished. He's able to get some rhythm in that fourth quarter, almost bring the Colts back. Like he was doing some stuff. I won't stand for the Anthony Richardson slander. No one is saying that Anthony Richardson is a bad quarterback. 
Not a single person in the world. Anthony Richardson may be a very decent, good quarterback even. C.J. Stroud is an elite quarterback. He has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback this year. This year, when you look at his poise in the pocket, adjusting with the pressure, this is where those championship games, college championship games come into play. We've seen it with Trevor Lawrence. Like you're mentioning, this is where winning all the time matters. And of course, it sadly didn't translate. Well, it kind of translated with Desmond Ritter. Still, hey, he still had, you know, a lot of wins in that Atlanta you know, stadium. Around. Yeah, he was, I, you know, he's trying. But it's <laughs> what I keep pounding again and again is pedigree. And you see it in this game. He has 46 seconds and score. He has 46 seconds to get a game-winning touchdown. And with the poise, he, he brings, delivers frozen ropes. That last touchdown was that last throw was such a great throw and he's just unfazed because it's not his first situation he ain't new to this so when you see the poise when you see him extending the play these intangibles that you can't teach it's just stuff you can't teach with you know tank is a good wide receiver nickel collins is a good wide receiver but these aren't great guys and he's still getting decently pressured and then they have the added pressure of not even having a kicker he can't, he can't even trust his special teams to get him three because he has a running back kicking it. They have to go for two every single time. So there's that added pressure. They went for two every single time they scored in the second half on, on a touchdown. And then, you know, thank God their kicker did make a, a three. They're, they're running back. So yeah. he has that added pressure on top of that. And, you know, it's just it, – it, I think right now, you know, they're four and four, but, you know, him as a three and one at home – you know, and it's in, in the Bucks. you know, they've kind of been spiraling here. This is their fourth straight loss. It's kind of sad. You know, they were one of my uh, teams I really like. But I think CJ Stroud in this game, he is he showed the potential to be great. And this next game next week against the Bengals in Cincinnati is whether to show he is great right now. And if he can beat the Bengals at home, a healthy Joe Burrow, then I, I think we got we got some. It, it, I don't know, it'll be some actual talk about him being in the top ten. But for now, he's showing the potential to be up there, and he's showing that you know, I, he's showing to be right now. It looks like he looks like one of the greats right now. I don't, I don't you know, I'm not saying you know all time, but in the league when you start talking about Mahomes, you know, Lawrence, you saw Allen, Burrow, like those guys. I mean. You know, right now, would you rather have Stroud or Herbert? You know, how high are we putting Stroud right now? I don't know. I, I just really think that his you've seen what he can do in college. He's translated that to the NFL with a rookie head coach, with not a running back, with, you know, decent players around him, decent wide receivers. They're, you know, probably better than ours on my team. You know, the Chiefs guys that keep catching strays here. But, you know, it's still solid wide receivers. I you know, he's shown he can do it. He's not, he's, and he's, he's a winner and, you know, four and four is just great. But for a team that just re, you know, has revamped everything. And like we just mentioned, they're not, they don't even know how to win four. They haven't won four games in like the last four years. It's, it's a, this is a whole, he's changing a franchise and this shows why the quarterback Mm -hmm. position is the most important position in sports. So, you know, I'm just saying he's showing right now, he's doing great things. He's doing all time stuff that we've never seen a rookie do ever before. And that's not a hyperbole. That's not hyperbole. It's, it's not, not hyperbole. We just, it's not hyperbole. It's not a little aggressive. He's doing stuff the rookie has never done before. Why, well, Andrew Luck did it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, Andrew Luck, that, that's a whole, you know. It's a tough week for all the Colts quarterbacks. Records yeah. are going down. 
Anthony Richardson's taking L's somehow. Catches he's leading the league in touchdown and interceptions, you know, ratio. And he's 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 throwing the ball. I mean, the air yards are definitely very aggressive for yeah. you know, a rookie guy. Like he's That's not true. he's not holding back. So Winfield I'm just dropped saying, a pick in this game, though. Winfield dropped a pick. It was right in his arms. He should have had it. So that's <laughs> two picks on the year for Stroud. Yeah, he is lucky. He is lucky. There's luck in involved, obviously. But I, I'm excited for this week with the Bengals game. I am, I am very excited. And I don't want to become, you know, anti-Stroud guy <laughs> to defend Richardson. But the the sneaky thing about you know saying like Herbert, for example, like Stroud over Herbert, is. In a way, and it's not even, you know, it's not even like a technical football. It's not even like a contract mm. thing. If we want to factor that in. You know, I can, I could talk myself into a football argument where you would have Stroud over Herbert. Mm-hmm. But you could also do that in that be, you know, outside of the top 10, near the bottom at the top 10. Like, for example, right now, PFF has stroud as the 11th quarterback in the league and they have herbert as the 13th so they do have stroud above herbert but neither of them in the top 10 so you know i would argue that you know you could even bump stroud up one or two spots if you wanted to get really aggressive but saying one of the greats is you know now he's got to break in above stroud above the thing is like herbert's a funny one too because we did do this with herbert like you know you get the first couple of big games goes toe-to-toe with Mahomes, has a game against Brady, has a couple of big rookie performances, and you're like, well, this guy's going to be awesome. And, you know, you need to see it in the playoff stuff. Like you're saying, Stroud does have a clutch gene and a pedigree of coming up clutch in big moments. So, again, I don't want to be an anti-Stroud guy to defend Richardson. I I love Stroud. I think Stroud's going to be a great quarterback. But just, you know, somebody, he's having the opportunity to develop, and Anthony Richardson hasn't, so... That's uh, I think the Anthony Richardson thing has to be kind of its own, own separate, own separate case. But yeah, I am I am there with overreacting with Stroud too, in terms of uh his standing in the league because I like you're saying the aggressiveness and overall the efficiency. Like yeah, he had one pick, but overall the efficiency in that game is there, and it's not even a long term thing now. It's just a week to week confidence where you know if the playoffs started next week. And you need need Stroud. Like, do you think Stroud is already a playoff level quarterback after nine weeks? <clears throat> I I think he is. I definitely think he is. And um, you know, it's it's um I mean, with with Stroud, it's just I mean, we could see maybe a little bit more scrambling. I don't know. I haven't really seen him do a lot of scrambling, but as a pocket passer, it's just it's just been elite. And you know, he's done it against bad teams. You know, and now we have to see if he can take it up a level. But I mean, he's only a rookie. He's only a rookie. And when you look at the games that they've won and lost, you know, of course the Panthers is a little bit of an aberration kind of game. But um, <clears throat> if you if you keep, if it wants to actually load here. If we look at their season so far, so the they Panthers do lose were gonna win the- a feisty game. You know, rookie okay. quarterbacks going against each other. They lose against the Falcons and then the Colts as well. So, and then, yeah, the Ravens who the Ravens are beating everyone like we talked about it, but yeah, I mean, the, they had some bad losses obviously on the resume, but you know, I also had good wins beating the Jags convincingly being the saints, you know, so either way they they've been up and down. And so I think this game against the Bengals, which is 
by far the best team I think they're playing. I mean, I guess they're playing the Jags one more time this year, but it's definitely, this is the best team that they're playing. So, you know, CJ Stroud just got out of college and, but he's got another final and it's this Sunday at mm. 10 a.m. And we'll see and, if um, he can, he can pass this final. And this is the first year for all these guys too. So this is kind of like with the Spurs where you can jump the gun sometimes where like, we kind of have to remember that, like, let's gauge this team as a rookie team and developing team. So the pieces that are emerging now, it's like, well, this is all fantastic. The week to week stuff, you know, you want to win games. You want to be competitive. This team, you know, with the record, it's like, oh, do we kind of have a shot to be feisty now? Expanded playoffs. There's seven teams now, three wildcard teams. Can we steal one of those spots? But CJ Stroud's a rookie. He's looked fantastic. The D'Amico Ryans thing has been a big win. And Will Anderson as well, too, has been fantastic. And I know some of the overall sack numbers haven't been there, there for him. So that can kind of scale back some of the stuff. But I think Hutchinson had a very similar, like Hutchinson was yeah. kind of the same thing last year where Hutchinson didn't have a ton of sacks, but mm. I test, you could tell that you were like, okay, this guy has it as an edge rusher. He has the pieces to get to the quarterback. And Will Anderson kind of has, kind of has the same thing going for him where you can tell he's going to be a good pro. Hutchinson did have nine and a half sacks last year. So pretty impressive. He actually hasn't really gotten to the quarterback this year. I think he leads the league in pressures and is only at four, four and a half sacks on the season. Will Anderson so far, two sacks through eight games. So yeah, only on pace for about as half as many sacks as Hutchinson. But 13 pressures through eight games, pretty good. Yeah, it'll be. He just it'll overall be. sets the edge well, too. And it looks like it's not Joe, just Joe Burrow, who's dealing with injuries uh, for the Bengals. So this week it's going to be interesting because Sam Hubbard won't be playing. Um, they also no Higgins as well. Yeah, no Higgins, and then Chase is questionable. They had him practicing limited Thursday, and then he was practicing Ooh. Friday, so he's not a hundred percent. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. So that's that's also another. <laughs> A wrench in the works so we'll we'll see i'm very excited for this game very i'm almost ready to get into picks i don't know if you had more with but yeah texans cj shroud is right now to me the most exciting player in the league most exciting definitely def yeah in terms of what he could be like the potential it's sky high definitely has he definitely wins the like buzz of the week award yeah and he was the offensive player of the week too <laughs> The offensive rookie, offensive player. I think it was offensive. Yeah, AFC offensive player. I mean, four hundred and seventy. Oh, the yeah, week probably offensive yeah. player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rookie record. Yeah. Is that the most in a? That's the that has to be the most in a game this season, right? Mm. By anybody? I don't know. Did Tua have some four hundred yard game in there? Mahomes. What did Mahomes have against the Chargers? What did Herbert have against Mahomes? Was that like a high-flying game? I feel like that week one game, too, Dolphins-Chargers was kind of a crazy game in terms of passing yards. Mm. The thing about the 70-point game from the Dolphins was they did that They did that on the ground. Yeah. Like 200-plus rush yards in that game. So I think Tua kind of had... I mean, he had, a, he had a, a really good day, but in terms of... In, in the tier of really good days, you know, he oh. had... He, 
kind of a midday, but yeah, you're right. Tua had 466, and CJ Stroud beat him out by four yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, number one most yards in a game this year. Shout out. Mahomes had a uh, 424 versus the Chargers. You know, higher completion rushing record than Tua in that game, too. Yeah, yeah, against the Chargers, Mahomes had 424, yeah. Five touchdowns was the most also out of any of these other guys. So he basically had the best passing performance of the season so far. Yeah, zero yeah. zero picks. Tua had a pick and Pat had a pick. Hmm. But technically one pick. But but you know, uh what's his face? Richardson's still close though. So. Yeah, he's right behind him. I still feel good about it. I don't know. Am I am I crazy? I, a little bit. Like it's it's fine. Richardson can be a good quarterback, but CJ Stroud can be laps better than him. It's, it both can exist. You but I think Richardson say, could also be a really good quarterback. Like Richardson has all the tools to be. And just the looks like the passes that he was going for this year. Yeah. Were the passes that good quarterbacks try to make. Like he was kind of seeing the right stuff at times, which I don't think a lot of people expected from him. So if he dials in some of the accuracy stuff. We'll see. It's right there. We'll see, man. I don't know. I don't know. CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts, Arch Manning. I'll take Richardson over any of them. Oh my god. Cooper Flag. Would you take Richardson and still take Richardson over CJ Stroud right now? You're starting the draft over again. We're redrafting. I'm on the clock. Yeah. Anthony Anthony Richardson, I hope you hear this. I'm doing it. I see. All right. All right. Back to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're saying in this scenario, he's not your guy. What? We're saying in this scenario, he's not your guy. Like, you're starting over the draft. No, he is my guy. I just picked him. It's the cards already in. The commissioner's walking out. IT, can we get the bum ba bum 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 That's crazy. I, don't, I think that's only NBA. I'm just not NFL. Is this episode going to get taken down now for that? Does that <laughs> sound copyright? Maybe. All right, are you ready to get in these picks? No, I think we've given uh, CJ Stroud enough love here. You know, might do one more later. So it might be time to get into our picks draft. And last week I was on auto draft. I did not go back and check what picks I was able to make, but I know Rem has all the numbers, all the stuff. Now, if I got all of them wrong or half of more than half wrong, I know Rem, something, something funny happened. What was going on? I know I got a lot wrong though. So, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of, I don't, we definitely haven't dropped a lot of games, but I think we hold ourselves to a high standard and we haven't met that high standard, but oh. we bounced back and had a banger week. We only, between mm. the two of us, we only had three games wrong combined. So just to, if you want to go through your picks really quickly, just to confirm what you got. So you had uh, Ravens over Seahawks in your, in your six. Cheese over Dolphins. Rams over Packers in your four. That was the one, yeah. That one went down. Commanders over Pats. Texans over Bucks. And then Falcons over Vikings as uh, your one-point game. Okay. Does that list uh, seem okay? Yeah, that seems all right. That seems all right. Okay. Those, those, are, those are all the picks, just the order... The order mm-hmm. was an auto draft. Your cue, you know, was was uh 
of picks was set, but the order was in order was an auto draft, but still on the week, uh, 16 points for Sam, 20 points for me. So on the season, are we tied? Sam still, Sam, no, Sam still has the lead 152 to 146. So he had wow. a 10 point lead going into last week, and I only made up four points this week. So he's still up a, a six point lead. That one which, week really killed him. Yeah, Jeez. which makes me think now I have quite a bit of work to do to, to get back into it after having, having a game like this, but, or having a week like this, because I only had one pick wrong, and it was my That's one crazy. point game. I picked the Cardinals over the Browns for no reason. Clayton Toon let me down. Could have had a perfect week if it wasn't for Clayton Toon. But crazy. Shout out Dobbs, by the way. Yeah. Forgot to I start on my, my fantasy team. But um all right. 73, so... 73 and 26 combined record. Yeah, all right. All right. Well, Ram, since you held it down with the auto draft, you know, helped your boy somewhat keep the boat afloat. I guess you should you should probably get the first pick this week. Let me see how many games we have total for scoring. So the teams we have on by this week. Be 13. We have 13 games? Yeah. Okay, so six points. Uh, the teams we have on by, Eagles, Chiefs, and Dolphins, also the Rams. But Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, and then the Bills are playing against the Broncos on Monday night. So that's like four of the top eight teams just not yeah. playing this week. So, you know, some some high-level football will be missed. Quarterbacks <laughs> and receivers, Tyree Kills, not there, two of Mahomes, the Eagles, but still some banger matchups to get into. So, for my first pick, mm -hmm. this, is, this is tough because this team is definitely due for a win, but just just looking at the numbers. So who do you who do you think is the better team right now between the Jags and the, the 49ers? I think the 49ers are better team straight up. You think you're that's pretty pretty confident? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty confident. And when healthy. Now Trent Williams is still questionable as is Hargrave. So mm. we'll have to see. You know, the Jaguars technically have more wins than them. Um and they are coming off a bye. Um, 49ers so, on by as well last week. Yeah. Both teams fresh. Um, I mean, this team, the Jaguars on defense have been pretty good. I mean, you know, they're third against the run, only allowing 79.3 yards a game and tied for the league with the most turnovers at 18 created by their defense. Um, I mean, McCaffrey does have the most yards on the ground at 625. You know, they don't run. They don't give up the ball. They've only turned it over nine times, fifth lowest in the league and fifth highest in rushing. So it's going to be strength against strength. It's going to be, you know, this D-line against McCaffrey. And, um, you know, so far McCaffrey, I think, has been playing at a higher level. But it's going to be interesting to see. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really excited to see. Um yeah, I don't Yeah, I guess, you know, <clears throat> with with um with the Jags, I, I think they're in a five-game winning streak. Um or they were. I think they are. And yeah. 
Trevor, uh, during that streak, uh, Lawrence has been third in the ESPN's third in the NFL and the ESPN's total QBR, third in completion uh, percentage, and you know he he's had um, since. Let's see here. Last season, after the bye week, he played well. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he played well to end the season last year. Um, had 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. They go out and win that. Um, they win that playoff game. So, or they, yeah, they win the playoff game. So, you know, it'll be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see if Lawrence can do it again this year. Um, to another level. You know, Etienne has been also playing really well for this team. He's had almost half of the offenses touchdowns eight of 18 at a third of their big plays so um you know second in the nfl for carries so it's been you know they they you know a year ago it looked kind of head scratch you know it didn't seem like it was working out with that combination with etienne and lawrence and this year we're seeing that talent <coughs> pedigree <coughs> uh pan out again so on the surface you know, the Niners, you would say, well, yeah, the Niners are the better team. They've got, you know, better defense, all that stuff. But, I mean, just just if you start going through the units and start pairing up the guys against each other. So, just on defense right now. So, total defense, the Jags are third in DVOA. And the Niners' defense is in a bit of a slide. They're 13th. They've dropped out of the top 10. For defensive linemen, Josh Allen... Total pressures on the season has 26. Nick Bosa on the Niners has 24. Josh Allen has more pressures than Nick Bosa. The corners, Darius Williams, the corner for the Jags, is allowing a 53% completion percentage, 51 yards a game, and only one touchdown on the season versus Ward, the best corner for the Niners, is 60%, 52 yards, and two touchdowns allowed on the year. You've got Hufanga allowing a 63 passer rating and Cisco on the Jags allowing a 66. So you start kind of going through and pairing everything up and it's it's kind of more equal than you think. And then if you jump over to the offense, you've got, well, if we're pairing up the quarterbacks, like as much as we love Purdy, I mean, Lawrence is clearly the better guy. Lawrence is, I mean, like you're saying, third in ESPN QBR. And that's honestly, to me, seems totally accurate for as well as he's played this year. He's He's been fantastic. So I kind of think the Jags are the better team going into this game. And it's tough to pick the Niners to lose a fourth game in a row. But again, the Jags are a better team. They're at home here. Trevor Lawrence? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely can see why you would want to pick the Jags. Um, they're, I mean, their uh, weapons have been also playing great again this year. Uh, Evan Ingram had a single-season franchise record for tight end with 73 yards and 766 catches last year, and they're over half those numbers in eight games. He's also leading the Jags at 51 catches, second at 434 yards. Christian Kirk is also playing well. Um so, you know, he'd be the third player. And he's right now on pace to be the third player in franchise history to have multiple thousand yard receiving season. So they're cooking on offense, cooking on defense. But I mean, when the 49ers are healthy, I think they're just a cut above this team in terms of like Super Bowl contenders, you know, when they're completely healthy, but they're not completely healthy. Um, you know, so it depends on who is playing for this team. 
how much percent healthy they are and whether because i think let me see here is debo samuel back is he is debo he, samuel he is back, back for this game and okay. you're right the big the big knock on this team the last three games is yeah. if you want to say there's a big thing well what what would fix him right away like they get debo samuel back and they haven't had trent williams back the last yeah. two games debo samuel's been out the last three so they get maybe two of their four best players back this week it's like okay and trent williams maybe is their actual MVP of this team. Like that, that's super important. So that, you know, you could say that, but what, what, what can, what has concerned you more the last couple of weeks? Has it been Purdy, some of the late game picks, or has it been the Niners defense? Now, like we're saying, there's been a little bit of a slide. And if you go through the last three games that they've, the last three games that they've lost, you know, going backward, they gave up 31 points to Cincinnati. That's the first time that they've given up 30 points in a loss since week seven last year to your Chiefs, where they gave up 44. They gave up five straight scoring drives in that loss to Minnesota. And they gave up two field goal drives late in that game against Cleveland, where they were losing going into the fourth quarter, 10 to 13, but score a touchdown up 17 to 13. And then two field goal drives from the Niners or from the Browns to win the game. And they just kind of haven't really gotten a stop when they've needed to. So what are you looking for more on the Niners here to, I don't know, improve more, get back on track? I guess, you know, you get Debo and Trent Williams are both on offense as well, too. It's not like they've had defensive injuries, but you're adding Chase Young this week as well. Um. Sorry, we need to take a quick aside here. I just realized I just saw someone post something about the McRib being back. How is this not in uh in uh California? I am mad right now. I'm trying to focus on this conversation. Wait, but McRib is McRib. not in California. Yeah, y'all have it in the Midwest, like all over, and it's nowhere here. I'm looking at the McRib locator right now. I need I McRib I, McLocator. Yeah, there's a McRib locator. There's nothing here in the Bay Area. This is not. Where's the uh, nearest one? It's like, like Southern uh, California, or like you got to go up north. Oh, in Cali though. Anything yeah. in anything in Nevada? Maybe I might have to go to Vegas. Reno? I am a big McRib. You're a big McRib guy. guy? Big, big McRib guy, and uh, this is heartbreaking. I don't know if I can handle this news. All right, back to uh, your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, with the 49ers, what I'm looking for is just pretty much having their players back and healthy. That's pretty much it, and it's always been that with the 49ers the last couple of years. I mean, the number of injuries that they've had on this team, Bosa being out a lot, Kittle being out a lot, um, and the reason why Purdy is in the position he is in is because they've had a quarterback – injuries in the past and now you know and they've dropped they've lost the last three games and it's kind of been rocky the last couple of games and it's it's i mean this team definitely like you mentioned they got to be due for a win this team's got too much talent to not snag a win and even if it's on the road you know the teams they've been playing have been have sneaky good offenses you know maybe not the browns but definitely the vikings and and the 49ers and, you know, Kirk Cousins was playing really, really well before he got injured. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I think the, the 49ers, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's your pick, man, but I definitely would understand why you would pick the 49ers in this case. You know, the, the, the losing streak definitely makes it seem like they're due for a win, like you're saying, but you know, putting that aside, the numbers I think are kind of saying that the Jags are at least on the same level as this team. And they do have home field advantage. So I, I think, you know, this team is, again, in this conversation with these teams. Now, are they on the quote-unquote lower end of the contender team? You know, for now. But again, with Lawrence playing at a top three QB level, anything is possible. The defense is also top three in, in DVOA. And both sides of the ball are that solid. Like, they might even be just pound for pound as good as the Niners, like they just might be quickly shooting up the ranks here. So at home, Trevor Lawrence, I'm taking them to win. I want them uh, anchoring, anchoring my squad this week. You know, you got, you, you've got like Fred Warner in the linebacker core versus their Jags linebacker core is probably a win for the Niners. McCaffrey over ETN as well is probably a win for the Niners. But and just an overall, just an overall depth thing. You know, you can go through and pair up the guys, and then there's an overall depth thing that the Niners have as well, too. Especially you bring in Chase Young, like we were saying. But I do think this Jags team is solidly in the contender conversation, and I think there is a chance that they will even be more solidly in there. I don't know. I don't know if we're ahead of the curve here, or if we're just you know saying what the other people are seeing here with the numbers or whatever. But I just think that I just the Jags to me are a contending team, and at home this is a type of type of game with Trevor Lawrence that he's got to start winning here as a top notch quarterback. Yeah, and you know I I think you know four straight losses is a tall order, but we'll see. I don't. I mean they are on the road. It is across the country. You know, there's a little bit of uh, time mm, change. Daylight savings was this past week, so it's like pretty much like five hours, I guess. But um, you know, well, well, uh, well, we'll see if the. I mean, it's mostly on the injuries. That's what it's always been. And um, yeah, Purdy. I mean, Purdy's got to totally be a little rattled. Well. Yeah, um, from coast to coast. I don't know, Bay Area people. Don't don't listen. To, you know, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Um, huh. my my pick. I'll go with a young quarterback as well over uh, established playoff contender. Yes, I'm taking the Texans. First pick. I'm putting my money. Oh, okay. Money where my mouth is. I believe in this team, and I think they're gonna go into Cincinnati, and I think they're gonna beat them. I really do. I think with uh, Jamar Chase is not a hundred percent. You know that those cornerbacks aren't horrible, and you know CJ Stratus Johnny can keep up with this. You know with teams and Bengals. You know they have a solid def- defense, but we're not talking about you know the eighty-five Bears. So I'm taking the Texans over the Bengals in this game. I, you know, I already mentioned how much I love the Texans. We don't need to get into all that again. But you did also mention that they were an up and down team. So they get the win against the Bucks last week, who, like you also said, are kind of in a bit of, maybe are headed for a bit of a tailspin. They've lost a bit of a losing streak here now. They've also, Carlton Davis is one of their better players, and now their better players are starting to give up poor performance performances you know are is this are they in for in for a a correction week here 
And plus, everybody's doing the CJ Stroud stuff as well, too. Like, the Stroud stuff is at an all-time high. Is there, the is there a correction week? Ride the is wave. Is there a correction week for the Texans? Ride the wave, man. There's plenty of space. Grab a surf. Grab a board, man. Let's go ride the wave. They're going to keep it up? We're going to keep it up. We're going to keep it up. I think I picked the Texans, like, last couple weeks. I picked them a lot lately. Um, uh, three of the last four weeks. So You're I'm picking keep, against uh, Burrow right now when he's starting to heat up as well. I am picking against Burrow because I think they. I I really I you know I don't you know if if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick one like your family you know you know your family is my family is locked up in some box and if I get the wrong pick the rope is getting snapped like you know something like that I pick the Bengals but. I do think the upset can happen. And with Stroud, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm going with this big pick. Well, we'll go and we, I got the points. I can spend it. We'll be fine. What you're saying is we need to raise the stakes on the picks draft. Yeah. <laughs> Get some real high Life stakes. Life or death. Uh, <laughs> Life or death. Maybe, maybe. Well. So, you know, this is with all due respect to your boy Mahomes. Again, he's the best quarterback in the league. Nobody can top that right now even, you know, historical resume ability. But if we're just talking like touch on passes, you know, sort of like I said this on the Tuesday pod, but drop it in, like drop it in ability for quarterbacks. <laughs> drop it just in that, ability. Like, just that, that, uh, that just like put it in a bucket type throw that guys can make. Is Burrow just the best at that right now? That old healthy school, Burrow. healthy peak Joe Burrow. Because he was kind of doing some of that against the Bills Sunday night. And it was like, okay, this is Joe Burrow fully back. I think his career passer rating outside of September is like 112. But with September, he's like 85 passer rating. He is, uh, you know, he, he hasn't played well to start the season the last couple of years. But when he gets hot and he picks it up, like he's he's been fantastic and he's doing it again right now. Is he the is he just that best like touch type passer right now? In the yeah, league? he's definitely up there. He's definitely up there. I do believe that. And um, yeah, when you start looking at you know guys who are chucking it deep on a consistent race on a consistent basis, he's definitely up there in terms of touch. And that's one thing CJ Stroud does need to develop is a little more touch on his throws. But um, you know, Mahomes does have touch, but he does have issues with accuracy deep. You know, there's there's stuff there. Um, so, yeah, I do agree. I do agree. And the thing is, is I'm not going to be at all surprised if the Bengals win this game. They're supposed to win this game. But I'm going to be kicking myself so hard if the Texans do pull off the upset and I didn't pick them. And I'm just so in on the Texans right sure. now that I got I to gotta take them one, you know. I just, we got to, we got a little bit of space. You know what? You know, you got to go big or go home. And it's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. And I know the Bengals are kind of back in the, like fully back in the mix now with their record. But that win against the Bills last week was a big win against them or for them because it was their first win against an AFC opponent. So when we're talking playoff race, playoff matchups, tiebreakers and all that stuff, you know, the four-game win streak that they've had, they beat the 
they basically beat the NFC West. They beat the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Niners, and they beat the Bills. So the Bills were, and then uh, they won, forget who they beat earlier in the season as well too, but I think that was also an AFC team. And their two losses were divisional opponents, the Ravens and the Browns. So they've lost some of the important tiebreaker matchups, but now they've started to reclaim that win last week. And if they got to win this week against another AFC opponent, that'd be kind of clutch. But if we were talking the rest of the drop-it-in ability rankings, if Burrow is one, I kind of think Trevor Lawrence has a case to be number two right now. Mm. Again, he's been fantastic. And I know you just said Stroud needs to develop that, but I don't know. Stroud might be three. Oh. I mean, his deep passing is great. I think I think it is great, but Stroud, if he's doing it 15 yards plus, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely has some great stats in terms of that. He has the arm strength, all that, but yeah, in terms of you know touch on the throws, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm breaking down quarterbacks drop it in ability, but mm. yeah, I definitely could see Burrow at number one, and you know, it's not like the Bengals are gonna go perfect the rest of the year. They they're, they're gonna drop a game here or there, so. Who knows? At home? I don't know. I've seen Burrow choke kind of at home. Let's see. How, what is his record at home? It's 3-1. and one. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, either way, that's my pick. My first round pick. The Hubbard loss is tough, too. Higgins yeah. is obviously not good. He was had his biggest game of the year last week. Push well, he had a two-touchdown game. He had, Higgins had a two-touchdown game earlier, so fantasy points-wise, maybe not as big as. But in terms of production, yards-wise, is I guess just his most yards for the season last week. So a couple of big injuries, but I can see it. I can see it. I'm glad you took it. I definitely was considering it. And after you said the injuries, I was like, ooh, ooh, it's interesting. But mm-hmm. I, like, uh, I like the move taking it with your number one. For my number two... It is a tough matchup again for this team. Divisional matchups are always tough. And the quote-unquote, you know, the other best defense in the league is tough. We said the Ravens had the you know one of the best, mm-hmm. but Browns have uh, in DVOA the best. The Ravens have the number one in uh, points per game. Browns have the best defense in terms of DVOA. But you, we were also hyping up Lamar. So Lamar, Deshaun Watson. I still think the Ravens get this one done. Again, they're also at home versus the Browns this week. And this Browns defense is the the Ravens are or the Browns, sorry, are the Browns are like 28th in offensive DVOA and first in defensive DVOA. So overall, they're eight. Their Shout defense alone. Walker. Their defense alone basically makes them a top 10 team. They should play Miles Garrett at quarterback. But you said Ravens over him, right? But I'm, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. I think they still get it done. Yeah, no, I don't think it's even close. No, I mean, their pressure on the quarterback, like we mentioned already, the Ravens are great at getting at the quarterback and get a non a non-elite guy back there. It makes it even easier. Um, okay, since you went with an easier game, a little easier, I'll go with... Is this easier? Deshaun Watson's back? Is he back? Yeah, he played last week. Oh, okay. Looked pretty good, too. 
So slaying it. The, if you looked actually actually quickly at the last two games that he's played, full games, because he played in that Indianapolis game, but he played only 12 snaps, then missed the rest of the game with injury. Disastrous 12 snaps, went one for five and a pick. But the last two full games that he's played now, 69% completion percentage, 254 yards a game, four touchdowns, zero picks. Nice. <laughs> you laughed when I said 69%. Uh, I Why'd you laugh? Weird. We were talking about Deshaun Watson. I think he said it was the worst he ever felt when they were losing those games. Like, he's like the worst he ever felt. It's like, really? That's that's the worst you've ever felt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like we've never lost more than when we've lost those games. Never heard more. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, this is a spicy pick. If Deshaun's playing, we'll see. We'll see. Deshaun's um, playing. You like the Browns over the Ravens? I think it's more interesting. You know, it's definitely a conversation over PJ Walker. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I but it doesn't flip the matchup for you. No, it doesn't. No, I still have oh, Ravens. I agree. Yeah. I think the Ravens right now are like, I don't know, Jazz in the regular season. Like, they're just. Just pick them to win every regular season game. Mm. Um, and I'm talking about, like, old jazz. Anyway, Commanders over the Seahawks is my next pick. Oh. I'm just going with people I trust in. And, you and know. CJ Stroud, Sam Howell, back-to-back are your guys. CJ Stroud, Sam Howell. I, I'm not going to lie, last week, you know, Sam Howell did play down to the level of Mac Jones. It was a closer game than it should have been. Um, well, Sam, I don't know if Sam Howell did necessarily. Yeah, he still I mean, looked he pretty a, decent. He had a what interception? Yeah, it was like 2017. I don't know, but um, yeah, he's a, right now they're four and five, uh, kind of up and down. You know, obviously that like we mentioned before that Eagles game, um, when they went pretty much toe to toe with them. You know, it was one or two plays, and who knows what happens there. But that seven to fourteen against the Giants does put a bad taste in my mouth terms of picking this team you know the bears did put 40 on this team and they lost they have since then lost trade uh chase young so we'll see it's it's uh and sweat looked really good in that thursday night game yeah um so for the yeah it was yeah it was not great but anyway um but i don't know i think sam howell he's looked good the last two weeks and yeah, they're going to Seattle. Um, again, time change. A little time zone going back in time. But um, I think uh, I think this team is. I think they're going to take it to them in in Seattle. I think um, Geno Smith maybe they might be a little. Who knows? I mean, last week was a really bad loss. Um, and I, I and, they lose and you were having this team on fraud watch last week, which I was not ready to agree with you with, but. Because the defense has been playing so well, but I I do red red flags are going off with Geno Smith right now. Alarm bells are sounding. You know the con- the concern is there, so I agree with you. I think the Commanders right now are like two to one underdogs to win this game. But I think I think they're definitely gonna I think they're gonna win. I don't think this is like a cover situation or anything. I think they're gonna straight up win this game. Sam Howell versus Geno Smith. Do they have the better quarterback? Yeah, they definitely. I think. I think they definitely have the better quarterback. Hmm. I think they do too. For sure. 
Four, sure. Let me see if. Give me one second. Let me pull up some some stats. I think yeah. I think so far from the season, I've been really impressed with Sam Howell. And I was supposed to do a bigger breakdown on Sam Howell because for listeners at home who may not know about him, that was something else I was supposed to do last week. I did mention in passing a little bit about him having the most single touchdowns in a season, as well as career passing yards and and touchdowns for North Carolina. But, you know, you do a little deep, bigger deep dive into his career at North Carolina. He was rookie of the year, his freshman year, um, had a freshman FBS record of finishing the, the year with 38 touchdowns. Um, his his uh, yardage and touchdown totals were also highest in the conference um, at 33,641. And he also, you know, was the MVP in the bowl game. Then the next year, um, I think he, yeah, he took his team to the Orange Bowl. UNC, they played Texas A&M. They were 8-4 and and finished 18th in the AP AP Bowl. AP Bowl, which if you're UNC, that's, I mean, that's pretty good, you know. They lost, uh, I mean, 41-27 A&M is tough. But, you know, second all ACC honors. And then I think he, uh, then the junior year is when he graduated. I think he, he got hurt. Yeah, but he, yeah, he, he, it was, yeah, he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder. But, um, in, let me see here, let me see here. So, yeah, became the first, became the second Tar Heel Frank's second quarterback in Tar Heel history to throw over 300 yards and 100 and go for 100 rushing yards in a single game in one of the games in his senior year. And then he also, in the next week, he had 307 yards and five touchdowns while rushing for 112, joining Lamar Jackson as the second Power 5 quarterback to post back-to-back games of over 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards since 2004 and he threw a touchdown pass in every single one of his games in college so you know wasn't picked until the fifth round you know kind of had a rough go of it at the beginning only got to play one or two games but you know this past offseason beating out Jacoby Brissett another quarterback I like a solid quarterback you know to um to get the spot and the commanders and you know might be up and down, but so far hasn't been given elite options until you know now he has Terry McLaurin, he has some decent, decent weapons, Hot but set. has always had to make the best of what he has. And um, I think I think he's a fighter. I like him. He's he's grinding. He's put up stats, you know, with what he's made do with what he's had, and he's performed. So I um, I this is why I'm in on Sam Howell in general for his career. And why I'm in on him this week in terms of him being an overperformer, um, even if he's, you know, not the flashiest quarterback, I think, you know, he gets it done. And I think he just needs to translate those stats into wins. So right now, right now they would have the 12th pick in the draft, which anybody in that range in the teens, you know, is going to be in Michael Penix, Michael Penix territory. So, you know, Sam Howell is are they out of are they out of we need a quarterback talk with Sam Howell on the rookie so. contract? We'll see how though the rest of the season plays out. 
Um, but if I was them, I'd give him games. at least one more year. Yeah, I mean, we got to we gotta see what this final record will be. I mean, if they're average, no, I think you got to give him one more year. I mean, I think as they're long selling as off his parts, so I don't know if you can look at his record necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough that they are. Yeah, but I mean, they still. I think yeah, you gotta we gotta give him a whole season. But as of right now, I mean, I give Hal one more year. Yeah, you'd give him another shot. Yeah, they don't need to take a guy. Yeah, I don't, there's no reason to. And is he second in the league in pass yards right now? Is he? He might be. Oh, I thought you. I thought you had it up. No, no, no. I don't know if he's. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think he's number two. I don't think I'm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a stretch. With uh, with my next game, I don't know if this feels like another upsetty type game, but I'm going with. Ooh, this is tough. Oh, he's about this to do tough. it. He was about to do it. I think I'm Hold still going to do it. I'm taking the Chargers over the Lions. Oh, I was going to go the other way. Technically at home, but on the road in Los Angeles. Crazy. Is The, the Lions right now are three-point favorites going into this game on the road, which if, you know, if, if home field advantage is worth two and a half, three points, Vegas is basically saying that the Lions are six point better than a Justin Herbert-led team. Is that true? I, you know, I don't know about six points, but I do like the Lions to beat the Chargers just because I, I don't know. With the Chargers, they're just such a hard team to trust. It just feels like, you know, they choke a lot of their games away. Like we mentioned, they're pretty much average. And, you know, the Lions haven't had as swimmingly a great season as we thought they would. But, well... You know, they when you look at their games, they've kind of been feasting off of the bad teams here, um, beating the Raiders and then beating the Bucks as well, um, Panthers, Packers, Falcons. So you know they they haven't had a great win against a good team lately, um, and so you know this is kind of like the checking. Like, are you a good team? Are you still you know they, when you look at their record and. Um, I, I don't know. I think with it, with the, in terms of, I mean, I don't know if they're six point favorite better, but when you look at the talent across the team, it's, it's closer than I think people will give credit for. It's a lot, it's a lot closer. Chargers defense has been much more stout the last couple of weeks. Overall in the season, they have the six best rush defense in the league. So, you know, the, the strength of this Lions team is going to be the power run game and the physical football the Chargers defense is able to at least make that difficult. And also if they're able to get pressure on Goff too, like we've seen Goff's problems with his mobility. So yeah. if the Chargers defense is kind of turning around, like Will Mack has nine sacks in the last five games. Uh, Tui Pulotu, four, 15 pressures in seven games. I think that's right. Shout out. Hope, hopefully I said your name right. And Asante, Asante Samuel has played really well this season, too. I know he had the, – the Chiefs game was kind of a rough game for him. That's the one game this season where he's given up 100 yards or a touchdown in coverage, even both up in that game. Outside of that, though, has only allowed 52 yards in a 79 passer rating. Been very solid. So, again, 
solid defense in Herbert and technically at home. But like you're saying, I guess if the Lions are a good team and Staley, I feel like I feel like you're right. If the Lions are at least if the Lions are gonna be a contender, if the Lions are gonna be a for real, for real contender, yeah. They are, they they could take care of business this week. But I still I still think Herbert might be able to take this one. Yeah, I mean it's at home for them, but you know, the Chargers, from what I've heard, I mean every game is pretty much a road game for them. You know, there's not much of a home crowd and you know, it's. I mean, it definitely has to affect the team, and um, well, we'll 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 see. I mean, it's it's. It, I'm really excited to see if the Lions can be good because they're kind of my pick to win the division, and you know, in the NFC, they don't really have much in terms of great competition or great teams to play against. And then while the Chargers may not be a great team, they do have a lot of talent for you know being four and four. They're always underperforming, but they're they have a lot of talent and. Um, yeah, I really it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can step up, but it's going to be a close one. It's definitely going to go back and forth. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And um in that case, I can see the reason for confidence in the Chargers. Well, the Chargers, I don't know if necessarily been scoring a ton of points lately. So this could potentially yeah. be like a power run game, control the ball, but if Herbert's That's still the quarterback on your side, you know, I'm going to take that Plus Eckler as well too over Jameer Gibbs, even though that could be close as well. So yeah. it's definitely going to be a close matchup in a good game. But Charters oh, might yeah. be a slightly bit more desperate as well. Like I don't even know. The, the Chargers are two and two at home, two and two on the road. Like <laughs> they're literally the mm. definition of average. They're it's mid. So, they're so mid, and every year it's the same. The Chargers are mid. It's you know. And the Lions, they've just come off of beating bad teams, so it's it's tough. All right, so you had the Chargers over the Lions? I was kind of out of them for a little bit. They had dropped four straight games, and I was worried about them. But, you know, and their number one cornerback is still doubtful. But for the Packers at home to beat the Rams 20-3, to I think it's a big enough win for me. To pick them over the Steelers, um, they mm, didn't have. Okay. Looks like um, they were having some in, in the first half, but um, having a hundred, having seventy-three yards on twenty carries. Also, shout out um, Musk with their the rookie tight end Musgrave for getting his first touchdown. But and I guess Brett Rippon was playing, so that's the reason why. Um, it was only twenty to only three points, but yeah, I don't know. I I want Jordan Love to be good because it's just it's just interesting. But some, and something I have noticed watching with my own eyes, which people have mentioned, is that he's kind of just makes hard throws harder than they have to be, and that's kind of what happens when you're behind. You know, Rogers. He's kind of a you know flourishy kind of. You know, he's a, 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 a kind of does a lot of extra stuff in his passing game. And yeah, makes really tough throws, and you can see Jordan Love trying to be that, trying to be him instead of trying to be, um, you know, something special. But and so going up against this defense, I don't know now. Now that I know Brett Rippon was the quarterback, am I flipping again? Let's see here. Let me. Check. I feel like you could flip the Steelers I defense. Could, yeah, the Steelers. T.J. Watt. The Steelers are gonna win this game. 
Goodness, I did not realize it was Brett, man. Five and three seconds. Brett, Rip, come on, man. Let's see. Beat the Titans, lost to the Jags. They did beat the Ravens. That that's Pickens a... on the last drive. Yeah. Pickens versus Alexander. What a matchup. Alexander is doubtful for this game, actually. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and start switching it. Yeah, I think I think you can switch it. Um, even though they did play Will Levis in their last game, you know they're going up against another rookie-ish kind of guy, and um, yeah, I don't. I guess yeah, I guess I'll go with the Steelers. You know, this is definitely not a picket kind of pick. He only had 160 yards in his last last game, but this defense. You know, going up and, uh, you know, with T.J. Watt, they still got this. I mean, this defense is still elite. And to and with uh, Coach Mike Tomlin going up against this team, it's just, yeah, I think the pressure is going to get Jordan Love. And, um, yeah, I guess we're both out on NFC North. Are you out on the floor yet? It is tough. You've been, one of, you've been a strong Lafleur defender these last couple of years. Definitely a strong Lafleur. But, you know, it, it's one of the things where a coach is only good when they have a good quarterback. You see it with mm. Belichick. I mean, I don't know. Mike Tomlin might be trying to break that rule. But we've seen it with most other coaches is when you don't have a good quarterback. It doesn't matter how good your schemes are. You need the people to run them. So, mm. um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has kind of kicked that stereotype except you know then he is is uh, it takes a while and then eventually the uh eventually what's the phrase eventually Purdy? the quarterbacks usually fall off when you look at yeah purdy when you look in the past jimmy oh jimmy, i got you alex smith yeah they usually fall off i don't know alex smith was there i'm tweaking but um yeah a cj well, bethard this... that's who i was thinking of Ooh, bethard shout yeah. out I will go. Well, this quarterback only continues to get better. Gardner Minshew. I'm taking the Colts over the Pats. The Frankfurt game. Frankfurt. Our teams. Did they do that on purpose? What? Did they send the Rem and Sam teams to Germany on purpose? Your team went last yeah. week. My team's going this week. They did. Is that a coincidence? Does coincidence? somebody at the league listen? Maybe. Did you Maybe watch the Germany like, game or the Frankfurt game? Yeah, the Germany game. Yeah, did yeah, you watch I saw last some. week. Yeah, yeah, I looked at. I didn't watch it live, but I did. Oh, look I was gonna say because you would have to get up for that. Yeah, no, I did not. But it was closer. I think I I was up by the time it was like the fourth quarter, and then I was like, oh. Oh, you were up for the second half. Yeah, I saw most of the second half. Yeah. Oh, okay, that does make sense. That does make sense because yeah. yeah, you'd be in the in the morning by that point. Yeah. But the West Coast, you know, you're also at a little bit of a disadvantage. Like. Yeah. By that time, I was uh, I was good to go in the Midwest. By the time it was starting here, it's not. Oh, okay. I think it's like a nine o'clock start. So you know, I mean, oh, right. that's uh, yeah, that that's a col sense. that's college game day on a Saturday. So not yeah. that bad. So I'll be there for Colts Pats, but okay. Garner Minshew over Bill Belichick. Sign me up. All right, I'm gonna take Josh Dobbs over Derek Carr. I'm gonna take the Vikings. Ooh. Over the Saints. 
Let me see here. Is Justin Jefferson set to be back? When is this guy going to be back? This week, though? But I have heard the rumblings. I think you're right. He's on pace. Eligible Do they to need Justin Jefferson IR, back this but year? Won't play until so they're saying he won't play until he's a hundred percent. But he could. He's questionable, as well as T.J. Hawkinson. Oh my gosh! I wish we could do a game time decision. Like if Jefferson's playing, I'm picking him. But if he's not, I'm not. Like. Oh, you're not picking him. You taking it back? I mean, the Saints. You know, they beat the Bears, beat the Colts last week. No, it's. I think it's a frisky pick. I have the Vikings over the Saints, so that's how I have it written down. Five and four. It's crazy. They Josh have Dobbs over Derek Carr. Dobbs I mean, does Derek Carr? Does Derek Carr have a PhD in astronaut? Oh, does does Dobbs really have it? I think so. Oh, okay. Something like that. All right, I'm picking the Saints, or not the Saints, the Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings over the Saints, yeah. Mm, I've been a Vikings so you, guy. I've had their corner. So you're in on the NFC North this week. Yeah. Somewhat. Take One back. team. Oh, no, that's right. You flipped from the Steelers. You have the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, I am taking... Ooh, I took the Colts last. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys over the Giants. Okay. I only have one pick left after this, so good value. Dak that's Prescott. Tommy DeVito... The only person that has beat Josh or beat Dak Prescott this year is Josh Dobbs. So can Tommy DeVito be the second? Daniel yeah. Jones is out for the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I what did he tear? Um, let's find Tommy out. Tommy DeVito, not Danny DeVito. Yeah, I thought it was Tommy. <laughs> I was like, what? I knew it wasn't Danny. Uh... It's not sunny in New York. Rib that's injury? For sure. His rib? McRib? I'm thinking about that. I think it's his rib. I don't know. Because Gino... McRib is soiling green? Tyra, Tyra Taylor is saying a rib injury isn't season ending in my mind. I watched once... I watched... I once watched a lady cuss out a McDonald's employee because her McRib didn't have any sauce on it. I would. <laughs> yeah? Is the McRib that good? It's... I like it. Oh, okay. So I think he says he says he believes he tore his ACL on that. It is. I really. I've been craving. Freaking. I mean, I I thought they were done. They said last season that they were done. And now, I guess they're bringing it back or whatever. Isn't that but a move that they made before? Yeah, they have. I'm just mad that it's not here in the Bay. That's all I gotta say. But McRib is Brett Favre. I guess so. Did, Br I know, Did Brett Favre just actually have like dementia this whole time? He was just like didn't know what he wanted to do. Was that ever a part of factored in as a part of the retirement at all? I just want yeah. to hear. Yeah, the closest one for me that was last sighted. I'm not even 100 percent sure it's there. 300 sighted. Yeah, last sighted, 381 miles, and it hasn't even been confirmed. Is it even a restaurant, or was there just like a McRib on the side of the road? <laughs> Who knows? One so in Nevada. Was like, there was a McRib here. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm reeling. A McRib, huh? That's crazy.
I'm. Are you a McDonald's? Uh, do you like the rest of McDonald's stuff? It's all right. Like, I like their you, fries. Do you like McDonald's? But the McRib is just that's it. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's more of a nostalgic thing because I had it as a kid growing up. Like mm. that was the thing, like Christmas oh, okay. or whatever. Is a nostalgic thing for sure. But then you know I like barbecue sauce and I like foods that you know have bar- a lot of barbecue sauce and it's it's a good it's a good yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Is it fake meat? Probably. Mm. You know who knows? Is it meat even? I don't even know. But I'll still mm. eat it. Maybe you're a better person because of it. Who knows? What doesn't kill you? The impossible big McRib. Exactly. I will agree with you though. I am a I am a sauceman. Um. Um. Is it your pick? I got the Cowboys. You're up. No Cowboys over Giants. All right. Um. Oh golly, we got some. I'll just take the Bills over uh-huh. Broncos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get some easy points here. Is that a more safe pick than my Giants Cowboys pick? In all, uh, in reality yeah. or not? I don't know. Russell Wilson, he beat the Chiefs. Uh, did the Chiefs beat themselves? <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about it. What happened? I don't know what the heck happened that day. <laughs> That was not good. I don't think anyone in the league was like, oh, no, what's going on with the Chiefs? It's just like, all right, that, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. It's just no one, I don't think I saw anyone, like, seriously break that game down. Isn't there, like, a thing where if you get, like, trauma or something, your brain can, like, delete it almost? Is that a thing? Like, yeah, I think the league kind of... collectively deleted that game from our memory. We're just like, yeah, all like, right. Nobody's <laughs> going to remember that. Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there was something points. Two? What? They had two losses? They had more than two losses? Mahomes, had, Mahomes QBR was what in that game? Mm-hmm. That game never existed. Yeah, there'll be some crazy stat where it's like, he's had this QBR for this long except for one game in 2023. Is that the evidence that we're on a branch timeline? Maybe. There was a story. Because on the a... sacred timeline, Mahomes doesn't do that, right? I don't, know. I don't know. Probably there was a life advice submitted to Ryan Russell's show shout out, where this the Rudy Colin, yeah, please do this boyfriend of like this guy's this guy's daughter his boy her boyfriend, uh, they're watching the Denver game together and they're both Broncos fans, and so the boyfriend was like, "Don't talk to me during the game," you know, and they're watching this game against the Chiefs, and once the game ends. He's just, he's so happy they won that he starts crying. Like, there's tears mm. in his eyes. He starts crying because he's never seen it. Like, it's been, what, it's been 18 times in a row they've they've lost to us? 12? I don't know. Was it, a, it, was was it like, like a, did they say if, what kind of cry it was? I think it was like a couple tears. I think it was a couple tears. And it was like, is that is he weird for thinking that's crazy? Like a week, a week nine, week eight win over the... Honestly, Jeez. if if you can if you can just cry and not do like it's if he's crying and going like <laughs> then oh, yeah, sobbing. That, no, that, no, but I think he was tearing up. Right he's tearing up like while he's talking, you know. But if that's almost that's almost more manly than not crying. Mm. If you can just summon tears and not sob, I mean, come on. That guy's a stud. Over a week, eight win. Yeah, you in like eight years. <laughs> Ian Fataport has graduated, went through high school and college. 
Get him on the show. <laughs> like without a Denver over Chiefs win. We're almost on our third president before they beat you again. I mean, they might be. There might be a tear. I don't blame the guy. The Broncos. You have to understand. It's a Broncos fan. He's not just crying over. He's not just yeah. crying over a week eight game. I know. Yeah, but it was like that's that was the point that it wasn't the playoffs or the Super Bowl or something. It's just the middle of the spring season. Oh, the playoffs. He might have sobbed. Exactly. Like, we're not sobbed. in like conference championship. You know, situation, but is this fan just the Pat Bev of fans? He's on the scores table in the playing round. <laughs> just <laughs> all right. Who just... you who you got? Last pick. Oh, I have one more pick. I'm taking. Oh, geez. Um. Oh, I have one more pick. Mm-hmm. Right. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Go five. I should have been uh. Colts, Pats. Are you ready to pick that one? We got uh, Titans, Bucks. Got Falcons, Cardinals, and we got Jets, Raiders. <laughs> Take your pick of that platter. Well, yeah. So okay, here we go. I have the list updated. Yeah, I'm taking. I am going to take. Drum roll. I'm taking Titans over the Bucks. Okay. Will Levis. Yeah. All right, I'm a Falcon. You said the you, Titans over the Bucks. Would you rather have Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? Mm, you kind of like what you saw, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know. He did lose, but I don't know. I like players that play. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't one injury. You got to admit, it was more than one injury. That's the problem. He got injured multiple times in different areas, like. But the concussion, I think, was very, very, uh, very cautious. I get it, but there were, you know, he he just he got injured a lot. He needs to get in. Yeah. The, he needs to get in the gym. Give me some gains, man. The shoulder <laughs> thing was unfortunate because even if you can take the concussion out of it, like that yeah. doesn't really, I think, lead to it. It's not like who are we talking about with the knees earlier? Who injured both of their knees? Oh, Chris Middleton. Littleton, yeah, it's just like yeah. you know, so when the injuries like compound on each other, when it's like, yeah. oh, I hurt my, because like what no. the calf injury always leads to the Achilles injury at some point. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the, the the concussion doesn't lead to the AC shoulders joint yeah. sprain injury, but the fact that he just had that type of injury in you know like the first two hundred snaps that he played is a bummer. But come on, Will Levis. Cannon arm though. Dime, throwing dimes. Throwing dimes. On the road. Uh, oh, Irsay said that Richardson is probably done for the year. Yeah, he had a surgery. That's the exact quote. Probably done for the year. Yeah, I would imagine. I, 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 as a, as a Colts fan, I wouldn't want to really see him back at this point. If not, if he had the surgery. Yeah, he's on IR. Is Ursay the top Colts reporter? Talked about the surgery on his personal Twitter (laughs) account. (laughs) Taking over media jobs. How nice is that? If you need Colts information, just follow Jim Ursay's Twitter. He's right there. The owner's got it. Ursay, it's a story that NFL admits incorrect calls and Colts loss. 
post? Is he tweeting out articles? <laughs> yeah, he posted a statement <laughs> on X. Bro, I guess you're right. If you want to know what's going on with the Colts, follow Jim Irsay. Wait, can we see the statement at all? Um, Are you able to share? Let's see. Let's pull up X real quick. Oh, I thought you had it in front of you. Never mind. No, I was looking at an article about it. I don't know why they didn't link it in there. Oh, yeah, bro. Uh, but IT is getting on it right now. Let's see if we can cook, look this up. Jim Ursay. You have one more pick you want to make, quick? Uh, yeah, cards over, or not cards, the other one team. Falcons? Falcons over cards, yeah. Cards are just a bad team. Yes. Tyler Murray's back with no, week? With no Dobbs. I don't. Does Kyler change yeah, your mind? But I will John... say Kyler Kyler is back, but Call of Duty, the Call of Duty beta drops today. I think that's what Fataport said. Mm-hmm. It does. So yeah. yeah, he's basically useless for Sunday's game, right? <laughs> I mean Will it's gonna play? take him a little bit to get back. I don't you know, the Falcons I I wish this game was at home because I'd feel better about it, but Bijan Robinson, I don't let me see. How have the Falcons been doing lately? I do. I think they've been. Have they been? I wish I could bet right now. Will Clayton Toon play? Because I'm that Kyler Murray tweak calf is coming. Pause. It's a tweak calf. Oh my god. He will. He will. Oh, oh, coach. I don't know what happened. It's just. It's tight. <laughs> Nothing serious. It's just tight. Yeah, the Falcons have had some bad losses. Oh, gosh. Anduul, can we get a Remin Sam, Will Kyler Murray play prop? We'd appreciate it. It's just, anyway. Uh, Yeah, I'll go with the, uh, I really wanted the Falcons to be good this year. They're not, but hopefully they'll be good enough to win this game. Um, Ursay got his whole family on Twitter. Shout out. Her takes over. I wonder who's next in line. Love this historic rivalry between the Colts and the Pats. Yeah. <laughs> Does he love it? It's not like it really favored. Not, oh. not like it favored him a lot. He said, "Guten Tag." I'm seeing Colts blue here in the streets. He's out. I'm telling you, he's 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 posting TikToks. Tog. Bro, who's running Jim's Jim's uh Twitter? Cause it ain't him. Who's on? Who's on Jim Irsay's social team? Some. Can we get Jim Irsay's social media manager? RP Matt Ulrich, gone but not forgotten. Let's see, where is he at? It was Tuesday. What date was Tuesday? That was. That was it, Danny. That was the seventh. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess they lied to me. I don't see anything on the 7th about it. What were we looking for? He said something about that they were admits that they, that two pivotal, that they admits and understands that, uh, that two pivotal calls at the end of the game against the Browns oh, the are calls. incorrect. Yeah, the calls. I don't know if he took it down. The league make him take it down? The so. league might have. Maybe. I would not be shocked. Yeah, I think he took it down. 
Let's find out. Oh, no, this is October 24th. What am I talking about? I thought it was this week. But you guys didn't play the Browns this week. Oh, no, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, going back to the Browns game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Oh, so it was, it was posted on the 24th. Because, yeah, there was the whole Pittman pass interference ordeal. But hey, it just means Abdul Carter in the later. In the first round, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that mindset. Who did we leave on the board? Uh, Jets Raiders? Yeah, that was literally the last game. The Sunday night football game, the primetime matchup, is our do not touch game of the week. Yeah. Tough. It is kind of sad. Yeah, it looks like also that was the same day um, Urze gave. Uh, update about um, your boy. It was the 24th? He was busy on the 24th. Yeah, I think they, oh, they took it down, though. Richards? Yeah, oh, they took it down. Say? Never mind. I'm yeah, Richardson. Yeah. From later, later segments. Anyway, you ready to hit up the corners? Yep. I was already starting to leak some stuff earlier. but <laughs> The piercing what? truth. Well, only only one thing this week. Uh, we'll keep I it know, short. Man. We'll keep it short. Do we uh? Do we screen share for this? I'm I'm not even yeah. sure. Oh. I don't this. I don't know how many people actually care about this, or I don't even know I'll if like up. how how locked in you are on this on this topic at all. Maybe. But every year in the fall, you know, October, November. To wind down the year, you know, you start you start getting the recaps, lists, things that uh, mm -hmm. who's the best at whatever, who's top whatever, who's the best at this. Well, People Magazine every year does their list. Sexiest man alive, mm. and we got a guy this week for 2023. Uh, why are you hating on him? Why you got to do him like this? So our twenty. Do you know who our twenty twenty three winner is? I know who you. I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. Also, Wemby had twenty nine, nine and four. Shout out. Yeah. Four blocks. Sheesh. Cooks go. Cooks go bear. The first page of the Wemby autobiography will be. I cross go bear out, but. <laughs> Colbert was my little brother. Yeah. The twenty twenty three winner, Patrick Dempsey. Hmm. Ray's Anatomy, I think, is this what he's most popular for? Okay. Obviously, I've never watched, but doing the doing the little deep dive. Do I need to here? Let's see if we can get a little. Uh... Do you agree? Oh, you well, thought Jason Kelsey should have been. Oh, did where you want? Did they do? Did you watch that on the Thursday night game? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Oh, oh, here we go. We're getting it on here. Oh. Honestly, when that because I was I was like watching this game, but like with the volume down, you know, going back and forth between this and basketball. So when they showed the Jason Kelsey Photoshop of him on the cover, they photoshopped him onto the sexiest man alive cover. I kind of thought he had actually won it. Uh, yeah, because again, I, I had uh, at that point, I wasn't really listening to the broadcast. So when I looked back up, 
I was like, oh, no way. Because, the you know, the thing is it goes to a guy that has a big year. And who's had a big year than the Kelsey's? Well, yeah, I mean, no, anyways, I, I guess Taylor I thought, Swift. I thought but. they were going to give it to him. Yeah, just to get the publicity. Save, save, uh, save, save them. Save, save, uh, the, the People's Magazine. I mean, how many people read it, so. Hmm. Do you have any Patrick Dempsey thoughts? This cover no, shoot doing really, anything for really. you? Oh, baby. No, I mean, not really. Are you familiar with his work? Um, I've watched a little bit of Friends. I'm not gonna. Not friends, gonna he's like not a lot. Um, piercing truth. Is Michigan getting hit with the truth? Earlier oh, today, Big Ten and Big Ten hands down the a three game ban, um, to Harbaugh. Now things are in place, and I guess they're hitting the courts up to put an injunction pretty much stop it but in the most pivotal time of the year for your football team you're playing penn state this week two weeks later three weeks and three weeks you're playing ohio state i mean the two games that kind of only matter to your schedule because your preseason is so bad ram i you know it how worried are you? This is, I mean, we kind of need a statement. You're our Michigan expert. What, what's going on? What's, what's, what do we do? Well, I think Jim Harbaugh is officially out of the running for 2024 sexiest man alive. <laughs> Usually they don't go for guys with a scandal. So unfortunately Harbaugh's out, but this sucks. This is terrible. And they're still, obviously, I think one of the, if not the best team in college football, but they're not going to have their coach on the sideline, and they're not going to have their coach on the sideline going into the most important stretch of their season. And it's not like they had time to prep for this before the season. You know, it's not like in the offseason, they, whatever, did this investigation, found out, handed out the suspension, and this was something that they had planned for, prepped for, and had been doing. But now they're going into Penn State. You know, we found out about this this afternoon. I think it was around 3 o'clock in the Midwest when the news dropped. So that's 24 odd hours before the game that they're learning that they're not going to get their coach for the rest of the season. And again, they got Penn state, then they got Ohio state in a couple of weeks. And then assumedly, you know, if all goes well, a college football, a couple of college football playoff games, you know, I guess Harbaugh will be back for those, but to finish the regular season here and then have that matchup with Ohio state, in Michigan is uh is a real bummer and this is really this really sucks for a team that's trying to make a title run. No, that sucks a lot. It sucks a lot. I can't imagine what's going on in Ann Arbor right now. I mean, maybe they it sounds like they might make uh, they might um <clears throat> they might be able to get the get be able to have him back if they get the judge in, you know. Judge Judy, I don't know, real We're judge. Fight for it. Pull up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're gonna We're be definitely fighting. not going down without a fight. Yeah, they're gonna be fighting for sure. So, um, there are a couple other stuff. Um, George Pickens did post free me. On oh wait, IG. here I will, I will say this oh, well. too about, about um, the Michigan thing as well is, you know, again, it's hard to judge really the severity of what they did because it's sign stealing 
It's how they acquired it. What did Harbaugh really know? Who was acting out of, you know, what? But I think for what the punishment could have been, and again, the Big Ten is handing out this punishment. So I don't know if the NCAA has to hand out another punishment or if there's something else that's going to hit them. Mm -hmm. But if this is if this is it, again, this sucks, but this is still not that bad because he's, for one, suspended from the sideline. So he's still able to coach, still, still able to be a part of the team. Game day is obviously huge. He's not going to be there for that. But still being able to get him in the week where there is a version of this where it's just like, hey, you're just going to get like a five-game suspension and you're totally away from the team, not a part of it. You have to be without your head coach. There's also just other versions of this where they go on to win the title and then something else happens. The banners get yeah. taken down. They, stuff happen. starts getting stripped. And, you know, guys and players and schools and fans and everybody just starts have to paying now for these bad decisions but allowing Harbaugh to still be a part of the team not affect the players and even in the playoffs he'll still be able to coach playoff games if they're able to continue on the path that they're on if they're able to you know take care of, hopefully take care of business today when this drops against Penn State like this is this is I think in the grand scheme of things for what the punishment could have been yeah a yeah. good a good outcome and a good punishment and it's it's a it's a tough punishment it really sucks but it is also i think fair in a way that again it's it's tough but it's not over it's not overly dramatic for what was going on here and i think uh i think we have to be thankful that it's not it's not too aggressive and again in the, in in the in the context of football and making the title run this is not good but in context of what it could have been as a bigger punishment and a bigger issue this is uh this is okay this is okay this is tolerable yeah i think he'll survive um the team's still good i mean it's not like yeah, any I'm players worried, are though. taking out the team but you know harbaugh has been kind of a lightning rod for this team kind of someone to band around and um yeah i don't i mean it sucks it's huge and but you know if there was ever a year you guys could win it i think this is a year a lot of teams are looking kind of shaky you know alabama isn't normal alabama georgia is with a new quarterback you know there's you know acc teams are probably the best teams in right now but like you know do you really trust washington or oregon to win a national championship so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty, and you know, which is really weird for college. Usually, we have one big guy, and you know, Georgia's still great, but they're still they they they're not 100 percent as good as their past teams. So, I think this is a year for you guys to win if there was any. And um, you know, I, it's these last couple of games do matter, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's it's uh, I think the committee obviously has to take the coaching into account, which is why they have humans oh. picking it instead of. Um, what does that mean? Like whether the coach is there or not. Committee. So now they're going to, uh, do you think they get bumped down because Harbaugh's not on? But Harbaugh will be on the No, no, no. As in they play, don't so. bump him out. They don't bump him down as much. Oh, this Harbaugh helps wasn't them. There. Yeah. Hmm. Be like, do, you oh. need to, do you need to give us a quick like power pull at all for college football? I mean, you don't have to. No, nah, nah, I think you got it. I know, I know some, but like, 
I haven't been tracking it that much. But like, I don't know. Do you have a team that's scary or whatever? Um, probably Washington. They're most, quarterback and if, wide receivers. Oh, if you were a Michigan fan, you'd be most scared of Washington. Of your Michigan fan to take your spot in the poll, maybe. I mean, I think. Let's see here. Who's if in you're, the ranking if, right now? If, if you were trying to win a national title, who would you be scared of? Oh, in terms of like, if you're like in the four, and who do you not want to face on the other side? It probably it might be Oregon. I think top mm -hmm. to bottom, they might be the best team. Um, oh. one of the best teams. One of the best teams. But yeah, I don't. I think like Georgia still has a lead talent on defense, but the quarterback's kind of it's kind of iffy there. Um, you know, Caleb Williams is great, but that offense is just yikes. And that last week, that loss was not great for his for the Caleb Williams camp. And um, yeah, I, I think I'd have to go Oregon. I think right now they're right now they're probably the leading top. I mean, there's Georgia too, obviously, but. Um, Ohio State's all right. I don't think, you know, they have anything mm. special. But then now I'm just blabbering. I don't, you know, this is from what I've seen a bit, bits and pieces here. I haven't sat down and watched like every single game, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. The 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 Ducks have only lost one game. They have Caleb Williams coming into uh, Eugene this week. So, and they beat, yeah, Utah pretty convincingly in 35 mm. Yeah, and the only team to beat them is Washington, who's fifth right now, undefeated. So, that's why, yeah, Washington probably be the number one team to scare me, and then Oregon, yeah. But I like ACC. ACC, it's crazy how good they are in this last year. Yeah, or not ACC, Pac-12. I don't know. I keep, I'm getting the coast mixed up. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see how good the Pac-12 is right before they get dissolved. So Yeah, I do think that Oregon is sneaky – <clears throat> sneaky a very very scary team i mean they're six so not super sneaky but in terms of oh that team could actually be the best team in the country it could be i i, I agree with you i mean oregon has a case because yeah. they probably should have beat washington as well they missed a field goal at the end of that game but hmm, interesting interesting we kind of agree there um skip bayless pretty much calls Wemby a bum on defense um, he has little to no impact on the defensive side. After this is after the next game, um, where he didn't have a point, not a field goal until three eighteen in the third quarter. So not a great Wemby campaign, but uh, something I will screen share. Perk, you know we love talking about Perk here on the show. This literally came out an hour ago, so I don't know if you even you saw this. Oh, I have not. I bet you I haven't. But this is halftime of the Lakers ongoing Lakers Suns game, and Perk decided to show. Yeah, we're watching this on mute right now. Watch decided to show everyone what uh, Luca does to the Clippers. Uh, can you see it right now? Oh, we're in. Okay, here we go. Spotify, what... if you guys want to watch. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Spotify. They set him up. Oh, Perk! Not the chair, Perk! When Horace is like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't understand what is supposed to be happening here. 
Is that was that? I don't understand if that was negative or positive. Eh, when Orange needs therapy after that, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. He's definitely uncomfortable. Let's get let's get a replay on that hand farm. I don't know if you gotta you gotta get a little more flick in there. You know, you're not really getting some real damage there. That's, mm. He's putting too much work right now. Too much shoulder, more wrist. For I know, perk. I know, I know. Wait, wait, wait. I love how I she think, set him up too. I don't think Perk has ever had soft mm -hmm. touch, you know. Hmm. Yes. I didn't even know they allow that on ESPN. It's always funny how much they talk about that Disney is a family company, and then they keep just pushing the line like over the edge, and they're like, oh, let's talk about vibrators and whip our rolling seats. <laughs> Bro, families are crazy. ESPN might as well just be crazy. Um, I guess so. I feel like kids, well, I don't want to start giving out my kids' takes. I don't have kids, so. I feel like they wouldn't be well received, but I feel like kids are smart. So, do they yeah. need kids stuff? I Maybe don't I'll know. Put that in piercing truth next week. Do they? Who knows? I don't know. I also just saw Jaron Jackson's foul. Yeah, you had two texts in a row. You're just yelling. I don't know. It looks like the announcers were on their side, though. Hmm. I think it looked like it was a whole night of them not getting calls. Which you know, welcome to the league. I think they need to bring Perkin and. Uh, Whip these guys into shape. Oh my gosh. And then they had a what's can their I face? Say, can I? I do my <laughs> cut that out. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, and then Giannis got ejected. I think he got like he dunked on someone and kind of mean mugged him. And like, I don't know. The ref kind of got scared and threw him out the game. Refs need to chill. That's that, that's what I'm pretty much saying. Y'all need to chill. No one, I understand. I get it. You don't like getting yelled at. No one paid to see you. Okay? Hmm. Hey, this is a PSA. No one paid to see you call the calls. No one. Literally no one. You want to give all those fans a refund? We're lucky enough when these guys play in general. You guys are exactly. throwing them out the one time they're actually in the game. And they're invested. And they're trying. <laughs> they're like, like, come close. on, man. Get out of here. Anyway. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, soccer corner. Big even even Ram knew what was going on with this because he's the one who actually threw this in the rundown. Uh Messi got mm. his eighth ever record, eighth Ballon d'Or, um, for winning uh, for winning the World Cup essentially. Um and some people weren't happy because he got you know, a lot of people had some bigger achievements over longer times, but you know, he he, he uh won an eight game tournament, so you know, it's it's uh, he did it at a record level. You know, got a second ever golden ball, which is given to the best ever, our best player in that tournament. Um, scored a goal in every stage of the tournament, so it wasn't like he was just got cakewalked. And you know, it was Argentina's first ever World Cup win since 1986. Um, it was, uh, and he's 35 years old. You know, but. There, you know, there were some people breaking stuff down, and the number one snub by far was Erling Holland, someone who we talk Holland a lot about on Man City, 
And they mentioned, when you talk about the three things to consider when you're picking the players, individual performance, team performance, and honor, wait, individual performance, team performance and honors, and class and fair play. So individual performance, Erling Holland had 53 appearances for Man City last season, scored 52 goals. Yes, for all y'all counting at home, that's almost a goal a game, which is just stupid at the top level. Had the number one, most goals... Uh, he was the top scorer in the Premier League. That was the highest ever uh, number of goals done in the Premier League. Premier League is a really old league. It's, uh, it's, I think it's the oldest maybe in the world. One of the oldest. So it's the highest ever at 30. He had 36 goals. Um, he was also the top scorer in the Champions League, um, 12 and 11 games. And since, and, and he's just been great in the Champions League overall, ever since he started playing his first debut in 2019, he's had 37 goals in 33 games. And for people who don't know what Champions League is, it's like the best teams from Europe, which is has the best team. So it's just him scoring consistently against the best teams in the world. It's by far. Hmm. So that's his individual performance. He did his job. He scored a lot of goals at a ridiculous rate. Now, team performance. Well, Man City won the Premier League, which is their league they're in. They won the Domestic Cup in the FA Cup. And they won the Champions League, and they call it the treble. So they got the job done. Now... Where they can get them is the international performance because Norway did not make the World Cup. Um, you know, he did score four goals in four games to try to qualify for Euros, um, but it doesn't look great right now. So, you know, I don't know. It's kind of rough. And then class and fair play, it's kind of weird. He's never gotten a red card in his career. And, you know, it's so, so far, I mean, it looks like he checks off that box. So, in terms of everyone, in terms of all the accolades, you know, there's some who could argue that they're close, you know. Um, it's, it is interesting, you know, Mbappe is still there, who Real Madrid said they're stopped chasing because he's too old at the age of 26. Um, and Mbappe is too old? Mbappe washed? At 26 years old, I don't know. He's gotten down a bit, but um, Mbappe was also, you know, some people talk about it, but he probably wasn't going to win it. Um, you know, he had 29 goals, which is the um, in the league, uh, which is the record for a Frenchman. Uh, yeah, he also had the most goals by a Frenchman for a club in a country in one year um, at 58. And then he had a hat trick in the final, World Cup final, got the golden boot. Um for the most goals in that uh, tournament at eight. So, you know, but in terms of the best player right now, it's probably Drew Bellingham. Shout out. Um, who's also, who got, he won Drew the Drew Bellingham best, is the best soccer player in the world? In my opinion. He's playing at the hmm. best right now. Um, okay. I mean, no, I just don't know. Game, but I think he's, he won the best, the best under 23. Um, best player under 23, which the only one close was Jamal Musiala uh, for Bayern Munich, who who won the title, who won the Bundesliga title and beat um, Jude Bellingham and his team to win that. And um, and he did it in the final game, too. Um, and uh, yeah, but all that to say, uh, Erling Holland was snubbed. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Not much you can do about it. Not, so, not much you can do. doing a doing a little bit of research, the the Premier League was founded. So the Premier League itself was actually founded in 1992. 
Oh, okay. so it's it's 31 years old, but it's 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 part of the English uh, the English Football League, the EFL. Mm. Am I so? Am I getting that right? Yeah. So the the EFL itself, the English Football League, is I believe the oldest professional sports league in the world, founded in 1988. And okay. I think uh, I think. Looking through it, that's number one. In terms of American sports leagues, the oldest American sports league is Major League Baseball, MLB, 1899. The 1800s for MLB. National Football League, 52. NBA, 54. Hockey, 78. But the Premier League was like a... They added like another... Like the, another division so they just added like a higher level division in uh 92 if i'm getting that right so technically the premier league is a part of the oldest league in the world the english football league shout out yeah no i mean they i mean like like yeah they've been around forever and uh yeah for them to break records no, that wasn't really was the crazy. point of that we were talking about howling but no you're right it is, it is really old, so um, tough for him to lose it. And uh, But shout-out Chelsea. Um, this past week, beating um, Tottenham, who had been leading the Premier League with zero losses. Well, they take their first one after having injuries to two of their best two of, uh, pretty solid players, but they got also two red cards, so they were down to nine men. And even though it was tied, or, yeah, it was tied 1-1 for a while, um, Chelsea goes on to beat him 4-1 and now they have the tough test of facing man city this week so they're they've faced the two top teams in two weeks the hot team right now and the hot team of the last seven years and man city right now is working towards their fourth straight english title which no team has ever done ever so so what is what does Hallen need to do to pass uh bellingham uh the number one guy more goals so Bellingham yeah, but, just score more. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Bellingham right now. It's it's for Bellingham. He's just it's clutch situations that he's done it in, and he's done it like he's saved his team so many wins that yeah, it's it's crazy. So mm. it's it's wild. Um, but we'll see. I don't, you know, uh, Jamal Musiala is still playing well. I don't. Right now, the best player in the world door is open for anyone. I mean, Mbappe just doesn't. I don't. He just he plays the competition he plays against is just too low to consider him really, really good. Like at least with La Liga, like it's still like the second best league in the world. But at least you can play against Real Madrid or Bar Barca. You know, you get some teams in there. The league, uh, if you're on PSG, like everyone else is just it's not nearly as good as any Premier League or any of those other teams. So mm -hmm. it's just tough to give him respect. So oh, Mbappe man. to Chelsea is what you're saying. Hey, we could have had him on loan. That was the second. Yeah, I remember man. that. Now that you say that, yeah. I, I wish, I wish that was a pipe dream. Um, but yeah, moving on to uh, frisbee. The the end of year awards are coming out, and um, shout out to Joe White of Chicago Machine for getting Offensive Player of the Year, first team. Also, was on all first team. And um, shout out to, I'm trying to see, Nate Goff from Chicago Machine as well. Chicago area people. Okay, second team. 
And Adam Reese from Revolver getting also all club second team. Um, so shout out some guys from the local-ish area. And um, also World Beach um, Tournament was held last weekend. Uh, USA uh, took all but one of the golds. Um, they won. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. The, they won the Open, which is men's, 12-0. Uh, and 0. Uh, They won the women's, 10-0. and 0. Uh, They also won the mix, which is men's and women's masters, which means it's 35 and older. Um, they went 10-0. Women's masters, 13-0. Uh, the men's grandmasters, which I think is 55 and over, they went 10-0. But the mixed, uh, they went 8-1. and one. They got third place because mm. the French had a really good cutter who just kept cooking them all game and uh they just literally did nothing against them it was it was kind of crazy i was watching a breakdown of it they were just just didn't play didn't force them under it's just what happens and uh watching frisbee breakdowns like that yeah yeah illustrator what illustrator is he drawn on the screen no no no, um, no, no. He just voices over it. But I think some do. Some he does have videos where he does, but not for this mm. one. Um, yeah, Breach Frisbee. It's just you know, you're. It's a lot smaller margins than obviously real. You're in cleats just because it's just harder to run through. But it is interesting to watch people running on a beach just because of it's just it just the physics is different. You know, setting up cuts and running and stuff. Have you played much more beach frisbee over regular frisbee? No, I wish I could. I haven't played any beach frisbee. Um, we need to get out there and play beach frisbee. That'd be fun. Because the beach stuff is, I don't know if it's better, but like volleyball, for example, which volleyball is fantastic. I've actually really, really, that sport's really grown on me the last, I don't know, five, six years. But beach volleyball too. Beach volleyball at the Summer Olympics is just straight up one of the best sports to watch. It's fantastic. So... I don't know. You need to get out there see if Richard right, Jefferson right. run into him playing Ultimate Frisbee. Beach Frisbee. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'll have to see. RJ. We'll have to see. There's definitely areas. We just got to go. But I think that should be about it for the pod, unless you had something to throw in. But I think that should be about it. Make sure you're following our Instagram. Make sure you're following our YouTube, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Rem's working hard out here. And, um,. Yeah, we were posting every week. Make sure you come back on Tuesday, or I guess, yeah, Tuesday, for Ian Fataport and Rem to break down this past week. Shut up, Fataport. all madness. And um, yeah, but yeah, the return, we made it. We made it through. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all later.